This is Pixie's Playground. I'm your host, Trevor. Uh, today is March the 5th, and uh, we're working hard this week. Doesn't really feel like we hit a new month, but here we are, third month of the year. It's kind of passing by pretty fast. Uh, tonight, my guest is a longtime friend. Been knowing him since we used to make uh, wrestling belts and like kindergarten or first grade. I can't remember. It was a long time ago, but uh, known him for years and years. Hung out with him for years and years. Uh, he also happens to be the host of one of my constantly plugged podcasts on here. <laughs> he is the other leg of the Tri Podcast, the nightclub. Yeah. Uh, you have Ricky, you have Angel, and you have Travis Maxwell Boone. And I'm the one who frequently frolics in Fixie's Playground. That's right. I'm a big fan, and I've been telling Trevor this off off mic for a while now, ever since he started the show. I love the freeform conversation style. It's one of my favorite styles of podcast, and my show is sort of like that, sort of rambly, uh, when we don't stay on point, and we often get derailed and tangent here and there. So it sinks its way into a structured, scripted yes. show no matter what. <laughs> That's how I solve the problem of tangents. I just Everything's a tangent. You might as well just embrace it, It's dude. just a tangent, yes, yes. That's <laughs> how the, the conversation, conversation goes. Yeah, it branches man. off. It's a big. It's a conversation tree, mm-hmm. and as long as it's rooted in good intentions, it's all that matters. Yeah, I, I like how conversations just take you anywhere. You know, it's one of my favorite things. Uh, I appreciate the love, man. Um, I appreciate the love. We, we Before <laughs> we went live, I was just like, dude, you plug us every episode. Like, thank you so fucking much. Every. I feel like a heel because I haven't plugged him <laughs> once. But that's that's gonna it's, change. Uh, it's gonna, oh. it's gonna uh, and I'm I'm guest number nine, right? You are. Uh, episode nine. Episode nine. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's a magic number, and that's a number I've always uh, felt a sort of attachment to. If you look into numerology, mm-hmm. um, it, it's always been a number that I've been fascinated by, and I, th- I feel like you know special. And that has nothing to do with Drew Brees. Has nothing to do with. <laughs> Saints or football or sports in general, because I'm, as you know, I'm not a sports watcher. But you are not a sports watcher. Uh, yeah. So I'm happy to be number nine. Number, number nine. nine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's a Beatles reference, everybody. Yes. Um. Definitely, man. I, I know Ricky listened to a couple episodes. I don't know if he was just trying to get in, like, to understand what he was getting into. Maybe mm-hmm. you know. Besides for that, um. Most of my guests so far haven't listened no, to, to the podcast before they came on. Oh, shit. Um, I I've, li- I've listened to every episode so far. I'll take it back. Sean Sean listens. I, I don't know if he listens to everyone. My wife listens. Oh. But she skips around. Like, I guess she just picks the people she likes. She's like, yeah, I'm going to listen to that. No. Okay. Well, let's see if she listens to this one. Um, I'm not listening to that short fucker tell, talk. Tell, no, tell her something. Oh, hi, Mary. Ain't seen you in a long time. Hope everything's good. Yeah, she's sleeping right now. Hope you're getting some sweet dreams in. Probably so. Working hard. I called her when I got off of work. I worked worked late today. and uh, She's like, yeah, I'm tired. I'm ready to go to bed. I was like, it's fucking 6 (laughs) o'clock, 6 p.m. I've been up since 4.50 a.m. See, I'm not not that bad. I was 5.20. That's why I woke up this morning. So, the kids woke you up? Um, Yeah, that's most mornings when I'm home. And all, for work, for my job, mm-hmm. which I, I do construction uh, in the telecommunications industry, 
um, I'm usually up at before the sun comes mm-hmm. up. So Is I'm, I'm kind of used to it. Kind of your routine. Yeah. So your body just kind of wakes up. Like if I wake up between three thirty and six thirty mm-hmm. in the morning, I'm up. Yeah. It's done. I go make, go make coffee and start the rituals. I, I've had herbal enchantments. Herbal enchantments. Um, <laughs> potions. <laughs> lots and lots of potions. Um, <laughs> I um, I don't think I, I feel like I don't have that issue anymore. Like so, I'll wake up like 15 minutes before my alarm clock goes off every morning, and then I just roll over. <laughs> um, and I'm like, I don't even sleep. Well, no, 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 no sleep. Like, uh, no snooze. Like, because my alarm didn't go off yet. It's just 15 minutes. So I'll just lay there and wish that I could sleep more. Just so contemplate what it would much, be like to yeah, dream a little yeah, longer. Just let my body like relax, but just, just a little longer. And then my alarm goes off. And I'm like, yeah. And I, like this morning, <laughs> it went off, and I was like, fuck. <laughs> you know, it's just one of those like rock sleeps where where it wakes you up and you're discombobulated and you're just like delirious i just want, i just want to call like i just want to pick the phone call my boss and be like uh personally but i was like nah i can't this can't last site we were doing we were hand digging through basically rock with a little bit of dirt oh, in it, no. three feet down into the ground for about a hundred something foot trench mm-hmm. yeah those are the days i wake up and i'm like i really don't want to do this yeah. but yeah so your body's on. all stiff and fucking sore and, and you just like I put on my boots, I put on my hard hat, and my goal for the day is nobody's going to outwork me today. Every fucking day. It's a good goal to have, though. Uh, I think I've I've mentioned it in one of my other podcasts. Like, that's that's the kind of person I like to be. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't want people to be able to talk shit on me. I think think I'm quoting you. You might be quoting me. You are. Yeah. I tell Uh, you, I listen to every episode. Yeah, you do. (laughs) I might be your biggest fan. Oh, shit. You are. Late, late. You probably are. (laughs) If any Tenacious D fans out there listening. Um, Hold on, I want to go back to you. Brought up wrestling belts in, let's in do middle it. school. So yeah. we met in middle school, and even back then, you were a big, you were a big guy. We met in elementary. That's what I said. You said I said middle, middle, school. Said middle school. I meant elementary. Because I left, I left. You weren't there in middle school. Fifth grade. No. I, I made it to to uh, Mamu Upper at the time, which was across town, and um, I had like one year there, maybe not even a year. You missed. Probably the best years of school in Mamu. Oh, really? Because high school was a romp. It really was. and But it was also full of the angst. And mm-hmm. it was full of the... the um, And I, I'm going to touch on the end of high school thing in a little while because I... Oh, we, yeah. I definitely we, want your point of view from it. Yeah, we had uh, talked... You, sure. you had talked about it before and, and maybe I can... Any listeners of Fixie's Playground, if you also frolic here with me, you'll know that uh, I've been mentioned a few times and uh, I'll give my point of view. But... When we met in, in elementary, I was big in the professional wrestling. I still like professional wrestling. Oh, do you? I still I listen to 83 Weeks with Eric Bischoff. I mm-hmm. listen to um, – it's mostly Conrad Thompson productions. Okay. He, he'll do a podcast with Jim Ross, Tony Schiavone, Eric Bischoff, mm-hmm. and you get that. I like the behind-the-scenes stuff you. in wrestling more now than, than I think the – I think that makes it more personal though. Um, it's kind of like for me um, – I mentioned uh, there's a fourth and forever with Mark Sanchez. He's a football quarterback and um, he has conversations with current football. Mm -hmm. And I like that. Don't don't let me step on you because I'm only agreeing because I know what the podcast reference. Yeah. Yeah. That's why I'm not going into detail. Like this isn't me going into detail. I can, I can like drop stats if I, if I needed to, but start dropping numbers all over the, (laughs) all the touchdowns, just like they're drone in Syria. (laughs) Oh shit. (laughs) 
100,000 drones in Syria. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Obama. <laughs> <laughs> well, he probably dropped... No, he dropped a lot of... He, he dropped a lot of uh, well, no, bombs. No, no, no. Oh, he, he, he did. But hold on. Back back to elementary school. Let's, let's, let's go back. We're, 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 we're already tangenting the fuck. <laughs> but just like... I'll, I'll do my best to keep us on... Because I have to do it on the nightclub. I got to keep uh, us on track I, I, sometimes. I, okay, man. So, all right. We met in middle school. Big fan of wrestling. Yeah, you mentioned the belts. That's something that I fondly remember doing. We would take cardboard, cut it out. Construction paper. Sometimes it was different colored construction paper. Mm -hmm. Decorate these belts, man. And we would wrestle in the playground. We'd use a marker as a taser because Scott Hall tased Goldberg at Starcade 98. Um, Steve Austin 316. I had that uh, when we had like the little school fair. Oh, like Scholastic or just yeah? Uh, it was like a little school. Fa- I don't. I can't remember what it was called. They had different ones because we'd have one for Halloween. We'd have mm, one. For this one Easter. was just during like the summer. I don't know if it was like a funding thing for the I school. I think it was school. That might have been Scholastic. And like I got it painted on my face because Austin three sixteen. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Fucking uh, because the way it worked, like what? Obviously, we didn't have any money back then. What? What? Stone Cold thing. <laughs> Sorry, I'm going off. It's okay. Um, but like they would, you would like turn in money to the teacher, and they give you this little card to to stamp or or whatever it was, and it was basically just like credits, you know. Mm-hmm. And each little booth had cost so many credits, and it's just their way of fundraising. Well, that know? that and yeah, wasn't there one too where however many books you read, you would also accumulate some some I some sort of did. worth. I think to they, go yeah, I think they did have something like that. Cause I remember, I remember a summer reading program getting me heavy into, and this is before I was a reader. It got me heavy into uh, Goosebumps books, and that's what started the entire. I mean, I remember the book fairs in elementary school, and going up to the library, and there's like the book fair, and mm. I'm like, that's probably all the Goosebumps books I owned came from there. Oh yeah, for sure. All mine did. Yeah, yeah. Man. They well, they got me into it, man. That that's where the the horror love started, but. You, you yeah we would do the wrestling thing you left during what was i mean you missed out on so much laughter yeah. and in upper and that was the pokemon phase that was the Yu-Gi-Oh wow. phase see i had the pokemon in montana when i'm because that's where i moved when i left so i was kind of in it but i wasn't in it i didn't know i was just completely ignorant and well i'd watch it but like as far as the cards were concerned like i'd buy i try to buy some because they were cool and i didn't even know how to play I didn't play Pokemon either. Oh. I only collected it. Okay. I, I played Yu-Gi-Oh! And in in Mamu Upper Elementary, mm-hmm. me, Reginald Patan, yeah. and maybe one other person were like the three best Yu-Gi-Oh! players. Then they started coming out with more advanced Elaborate. levels. yeah. And I fell out. I skipped over Magic, and this is in high school mm-hmm. times. You came back into the fold, and I remember... All of us getting together and fucking playing the shit out of Dungeons and Dragons. So that that we were we were big in Diablo into um, Diablo at the time, and I don't remember who it was, or if we just decided one day like it might have been Ricky. It might have been Ricky that got everyone on the D and D train. Like y'all have to play this shit. So okay, and, and for context, so I left. It was either fourth or fifth grade. I think it was fifth grade. And I remember fourth grade is when they when they implemented the school uniforms, mm-hmm. and I left fifth grade. So I had to wear those uniforms for a little while anyway. And then I left. I went to Montana 
after Montana was Jersey for three and a half years, which I'm sure we'll touch on a little bit uh, <laughs> a little later on. Mm-hmm. There's some stories there for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, came back to Louisiana, but I went to Bogalusa for about a year, which was like the the rest of my eighth grade and then part of my ninth. And then I came back to Mamou ninth. And then I, I was in Mamou for like three weeks before I even went back to school. Because in order for everything to transfer, like I had to wait. I picture you just hanging out at your house eating a loaf of bread with a bottle of Powerade. <laughs> I was probably doing that and very fucking bored because like there's no cable, there's no internet. Oh. Like my parents split, so mm. like there was that kind of hanging over our heads and nothing to fucking do for three. Like I probably read a lot of books. I think that's when I like I went to Mamu Library, got my library card, started reading stuff, which was where I picked up like Aragon, a couple other things, and um. And I went back, finally made it freshman year back to school. And uh, it was kind of like a blast from the past because, I mean, I had fond memories and shit. I had some some not fond memories of certain people who aren't even at the school anymore. Just assholes to me when I was younger. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, at that point, I'm fucking what, 6'3", 285, big old fucking dude. Yeah, you, you, know? you would assume that those days are pretty much over. They, yeah, 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 yeah. So, um and I kind of had to reinsert myself back into the group, I guess. Did you? A little bit. Like, it wasn't like I just showed up and we were all just hanging out. Like, I didn't have to try hard. I don't remember. I, I really don't. Okay. So, I remember, because y'all used to hang out near the fire escape mm-hmm. for Miss Nassinavie's fucking upstairs. I think, was that the fire escape for that? I think it was. I, I don't know where it led. I just It was know the fire I, escape. I just <laughs> know I pushed Gerald Luquette down those stairs one day. He probably deserved it. He did. He was bullying uh, Michael Bushnell at that oh, moment, and I oh, was yeah. like, hey, Brown Round. Yeah. I was like, Brown Round, fuck Funny, you. Because I used to hang out with, with Gerald when we were younger, and then when I came back, and like I started... Like being friendly with him, he was an asshole. I was like, what the fuck? He was one of those guys that would hang out on the outskirts of, of the group, mm-hmm. which our group, um, and I'm not going to, again, not name everyone who was comprised of the group, but like it was different um, grades and different ages, but it was it was a group of just pretty much to me the op- most open-minded people in the school, mm-hmm. seemingly, mm-hmm. And but we would float with yeah. everybody and get along with damn near everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, we would, we would, we kind of held up on the fire escape while everyone else took over the quad area, which is yeah. where every kid in Mamu High had recess. Pretty much. Recess in high school. Recess. Bunch just of fucking slackers. Basically just lunch hour. <laughs> <laughs> I'm over here cracking the whip. Yeah. You know, you don't need, you need to eat between walking and from class to I mean, class. I called it nap time after y'all <laughs> left, but, but, uh, so I, uh, I, I feel like I just started hanging out with y'all. Like I just inserted myself. I was like, fuck it. Y'all were cool with it. So yeah, it was it like having Trent yeah, back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and then uh, shortly after is kind of when the D&D started happening. I, I think we were in class one day, or we were at recess, and y'all started talking about it. And I didn't know anything about it until, like, yeah, we're going to have to play a campaign. And you need to make a character sheet. Y'all started explaining it to me. And, like, <laughs> I mean, anyone who plays or has played D&D, like, the starting process, especially if you're just starting, is like a tidal wave of information. It really is. It is. You it's a lot to take in. When, for anyone out there who, who's never played Dungeons & Dragons and has the connotation in their mind that this is some uh, nerds game, you're right. It is. It is a nerds game. And being a nerd, as we've been you know, 
bombarded with over the last 10 years or so isn't a bad thing. It just means you're obsessed with something cool. Mm. So <laughs> when you learn, when you first start learning about Dungeons and Dragons, you have three core rule books that you have to, you, you need to, you need to check out. Um, the monster's manual, at least just to get familiar with some of the creatures, um, and whether or not you're going to be a player or a DM, you have two other books to go with. Yep. Those three books set you up. Yep. And I don't, again, I don't remember who brought it in, but I almost feel like between me and Hunter, mm -hmm. we spearheaded getting everyone involved. Yeah. And back in high school, even to today, I mean, I can be pushy about things I want. Mm-hmm. Um, like I wanted the band in high yeah. school and I would draw like images. Like I used to draw set lists for songs I hadn't even written yet mm -hmm. and, and all and album covers. And, you just, you can stay assertive. Yeah. Oh yeah. And I, I basically told Hunter, you play bass. I told Cody, you play bass. Oh drums. really? I didn't know that. Oh yeah. Like I had, a, I didn't, I didn't know. Like I didn't, but see, I didn't know how y'all had decided. Like I knew you played guitar and you were doing vocals. I decided, um, but I didn't realize. And I'm not, I'm not trying to sound like a dick. Or I'm being honest, like I decided well, okay. for them what they were going to do. You need to put into context kind of Hunter's personality back then and Cody's personality because Hunter was just very. Uh, they were both submissive people and not give. Well, they just didn't give a fuck. Like Hunter, Hunter, if you wanted to do something, you basically just had to tell them, "Hey, do this." Well, back in the day, though, like yeah. me and Hunter's relationship dynamic mm -hmm. uh, was Travis is the assertive little asshole, and Hunter is the submissive big goofy friend. Yeah. That 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 that's gonna. He just like he always had a not give a fuck attitude, like mm -hmm. and not in the bad. Just like what it was more like, hey Hunter, you want you want to go to Alexandria? Sure, whatever. And I don't mean submit submissive with a with yeah. a negative. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean he just went with. He the would flow. go with he the flow. Like, yeah, let's he go. Would, he would go with the flow. Yeah. And I mean I, I would too to an extent, but that's the whole reason I got the van mm -hmm. was to parade everyone around in and mm -hmm. have my band be able to go play shows. I had this my big dream in high school was and that was part of the dropping out which mm -hmm. if we're if we're gonna get here i'll just go ahead and say we might as well we're there the the high school thing is yeah i understand it's so close i understand all of that and i understood it at that moment and i don't live with any regret because guess what i'm making more money than someone with a degree yep um so me finishing high school at that moment would have at that moment and i'm not saying i couldn't have out of course i could have moved past it i've moved past harder things in my life but at that moment, every day was hell. Mm -hmm. It was hell. It was a living hell, and going there killed my soul. Mm -hmm. And you had mentioned on the show before that I'm someone who has a deep-seated "fuck you, don't do." I'm not going to do what you tell me. Yeah. And whenever I'm going to uh, three different classes that I don't even pay attention yeah. in, and I'm passing them, and my teachers are still giving me shit for sleeping in class or writing in class. I'm like, dude, I, I, I don't need to be I'm, – I'm an autodidact. I'm teaching myself at home. I research yeah. shit on the internet. Like I'm not – Oh, you used to spend hours and hours on the internet, even when we would hang out or like you and Hunter would come stay at my house for the night. Yeah, I mean <laughs> that, 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 that kind of deep research started when I lost my faith. Oh, yeah. Um, and, and, and trying to figure out what this world is, what the reality of it is, if everything I thought you know can just be shattered, what's it really worth, all mm -hmm. kinds of – Philosophical oh, yeah. oh, shit. Oh, you went down some rabbit holes for sure. Twelve or thirteen years I, old. I remember waking up and fucking like back at y'all at your house and Mamu and four o'clock in the morning and you're like typing away at the computer and I'm like, what? <laughs> it, it was, it was, it was a big, it was a big struggle. But the the impetus of quitting high school was I'm I'm suffering 
mentally and mm-hmm. emotionally every day. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I would have survived it, but we had the means to quit and do something different. We eventually moved to Lafayette again. The, the apartment was an extension of my house. Yeah. Is basically what happened. The revolving door where anyone could come and oh, go people, whenever oh, yeah, they want. Yeah. That was always the goal. And moving to Lafayette, the getting the storage unit, that mm-hmm. was directly influenced by Matt and them because they did the same thing. Mm-hmm. Not because anyone lived in one. Well, I remember – Matt might have lived in one for a few days, but I'm, but I'm not going to say yeah, that because I don't know if that's I, true. I, don't, I remember going meet someone at a storage unit, and they had a bed set up. And mm-hmm. like, yeah, I'm crashing here for a couple of days or something it, like that. It, it could have been. It, it could have been I don't know if it was Matt. I don't. I just remember meeting them and like, because we, we went there for for music or whatever, like, because they're and uh, yeah, I didn't have any. I, I just Matt got brought into the group through me. Okay. I met him at Fye, and I bought Third Eye Blind self titled album. He worked at Fye, didn't he? Yeah. yeah. Okay. I was buying Third Eye Blind self-titled record and Modest Mouse's first album, This Is a Long Drive, and mm-hmm. he was the clerk, and he was like, dude, high five. And I high fived him, not knowing why. He's like, no one comes in here and buys shit like this, ever. And I was like, yeah. He's like, my band's going to be playing at Toys Music this weekend. Oh, uh, shit. Timberlane, <laughs> come on down. That's how it started. Huh? That's how it started. Oh, so, shit. so apartment, was it 406 or 306? The debauchery that went mm-hmm. on there. Cocaine Steve. I mean, dude, like it. We used to go there after every fucking show. I, man, because I remember going there, and I mentioned it in the episode with Ricky. I remember going there. They wanted me to box some guy or whatever, mm-hmm. uh, getting drunk, having a blast. I remember going there one time, and Dennis Manuel was with us. And because he went to toys with us, for, I don't know. You know how he inserted himself. Like, I don't want to go down that rabbit hole again, <laughs> but like he would insert himself into our plans. Mm. And. He went in his own car, but I had rode with you there to like Lafayette or whatever. And um, he, I think, <laughs> I think he was drunk or something. Whatever happened, I got stuck riding back with him <laughs> to Mamu. And it was the worst ride ever. <laughs> it was say, an hour of hell. <laughs> I want to I wanna believe that we designed that. I'm pretty sure y'all did. I'm not. I'm not saying we did because I don't remember. But it would have been no, funny to it me would've... to be like, let's make it to where Trevor has to ride. It would have been consistent with, with, with the things y'all would do to me sometimes. <laughs> we do uh, it all to each other. Like oh, when y'all oh were, for sure. Like when y'all were fucking with me and y'all made every modest mouth song yes, sexual. Yes, yes. Which, which I don't know why that bothered me because now I would find it funny. But back then I was like, stop making fun of my favorite band. You were uptight about modest mouth back in the day. I was uptight about a lot of things back in the day. Yeah. Back in the day. I told who is my wife now. She was riding in my in my van and she was smoking. And I told her that's very unladylike. I feel like I remember that though. And I and, don't know. and like the me now mm-hmm. would slap the mm-hmm. me then, like yeah. slap them. Like I'd be like, <laughs> Look, dude, man, you need to calm down. You were kind of a prick back in the day. Sometimes uh-huh. it is what it is. I was I was you grew assert- out of it for sure. I was an assertive asshole. Who still somehow managed to be charisma- charismatic enough to attract a group of friends, and they all put up with my shit for a long time. It took me leaving, yeah, um, for everyone to either a be like, yeah, that dude sucked, or just to kind of let the kind of let the that old odor drift away. And 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 I did. I evolved when I left, um, and it, it was a lot of. Actually, I came back, mm-hmm. and my mom died 
then there was then there was critical evolution uh, that took place. That's when I accepted cosmicism. Yeah. Um, and I'm not saying that like I'm part of a fucking cult. It's it's literally just the idea of the universe doesn't care, and that doesn't mean a bad thing. So a lot of people. I mean, if you accept it, it's. A lot of people associate that with it has to mean it's bad, but it's not. It's just indifferent, and that means it doesn't care. Mm-hmm. There was a guy – this is my perfect example of cosmic indifference and why it rules this universe best I can see it. This is a good example, and it's recent. Um, where we live, the interstate, I-10, runs right in front of the town I live in, Bro Bridge, and a little further east is a town called Henderson. What's the uh, mileage between those two exits, you think? Like five, six, seven? Yeah, it's not much. It's not a lot, but it's a but it's a lot on foot. Yeah, 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 yeah. So this guy, a young guy, pulled over not too long ago because a woman was stranded right there by the Bro Bridge exit mm-hmm. heading east. He got out of his car to go help her. A car hit him, threw him under an 18-wheeler, and the 18-wheeler drug him from Bro Bridge wow. to Henderson exit. Yeah. That's cosmic indifference. Mm-hmm. That guy got out of his car to do a good deed. And the universe didn't care what mm-hmm. happened to him. So, but in, in in accepting that, and that's just a small that's a small well, part of, of, of like a, a I think person the growing out is of their not, own way. Not put so much weight into things that happened, right? Don't sweat the small stuff, and it's all small stuff. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean I don't get caught up and emotional and still be a you human. Can still being. care about stuff because you know, I can't not help. But I have kids. Your own personal universe is still relevant to you. Mm-hmm. Right, I mean that, and I do care about the like a grander scheme of things. But my, I was actually talking to Ricky about this earlier today because I was talking to him about. It. I wonder what me and Trevor are going to talk about on the show. Mm-hmm. And um, I can only care so much as my great grandchildren, and after that, I can't grasp giving a so, shit. Here, here's <laughs> when it comes to that. I think once you you hit a certain age, you're just not going to give a fuck. Yeah, you eventually now, life wears what, you down to where your old age bones that don't is, care. I don't know. I'm figuring like mid seventies. I'm not gonna give a fuck. I already told like I told Mary. I was like, when I get because. So fun fact, listeners, and you like I've never done drugs. What do you consider drugs? Okay, I drink alcohol. It's never. That's a drug. I've never. Okay, it is, but nicotine, caffeine, <laughs> Tylenol. Yeah, you do drugs. Okay, boy. okay, we all do drugs. Don't get it twisted, America. Okay. You're, fucking, you're fucking far behind. The point is, is <laughs> never done any kind of marijuana, no cocaine, okay. no ecstasy, okay. nothing. No, no MDMA, no ayahuasca. I've nothing. never done any of that either. Well, I'm just saying. Uh-huh. I'm, I'm pretty tame in that department. Um, I think I may have had like a lower tab at one time when I had a, my wisdom teeth pulled, but besides for maybe a couple occasions just never messed with any of that um which is fine and i just lost track what what trevor's trying to say he's a square i'm a square (laughs) um what were we talking about right before this we we were we were getting on the the subject of yeah you see I'll, See, I'll, you, you fuck, you derailed me. <laughs> what did I do? You, you, I was on the roll. I don't know. Oh my god, I'm gonna listen to this later, and I'm gonna be like, god. "That's what it was." Son of a bitch. Hold on, I hold had on. a point. Yeah, yeah, I know. Okay, well, it has to do with you don't do drugs. Maybe you're going towards. Uh, oh, so when I get old, because we're talking about getting old and not giving a fuck at a certain age, mm-hmm. and like I already told my wife, Mary, like when I'm eighty, 
just gonna do all the drugs. All the drugs. I'm just not gonna care. There, there, <laughs> I'm just not gonna care anymore. There, there's a flaw in that plan. Though. Go ahead. Well, I'm old, and You're I'll probably old. get killed. Yeah, but, yeah. but whatever, I'll go out with a bang. <laughs> Look, as someone who I, I had my buddy Frank Esposito, who I met when I moved to Jersey, which <laughs> growing up. I romanticized Kevin Smith's version of New Jersey. For anyone out there who doesn't know who Kevin Smith is, fuck you. Oh, sorry. Yeah, that. But, <laughs> but, but if you're just not aware, Google him and watch his films, and watch his uh, Q and A's, and go listen to his podcast, Smodcast. The guy is an inspiration and a beautiful human being. Anyway, I romanticized New Jersey because of his films, and then Trev came back from New Jersey talking about how fucking great it is, Jersey, and I'm like, oh, okay. It is great then. So I eventually moved there. That's when I broke away from all the friends. Yeah. And well, we can, we can, let's let's start with the history of that. We don't have to go into detail, but we went up there for a quote unquote senior trip. Mm-hmm. Um, my class 07, which by that point y'all y'all could all quit. Yeah. Um, we quit. Me, well, Hunter and I quit halfway through our uh, senior year. Yeah. And um, my last day of school was going past my English and science midterms and I was like, all right, that's all I needed. Mm-hmm. I was done. And, uh, so most of my graduating class wanted to go to Panama. I think it was. Panama. And, um, while I'm, you know, I'm friends with all of them. I wasn't as close to them, you know, as I was to y'all. And being that I had spent, you know, three, three and a half years in New Jersey and I had friends up there. I wanted to go visit some, just go back up there, you know, so senior trip was the way to do it. So I talked to y'all. Y'all were like, yeah, let's go. Um, my sister came with us. She had friends up there, too, she wanted to see. So uh, Hunter had that white van at the time. I, by that point, the old shagging wagon had croaked. Yeah. I think it was an axle or yep. something. Yep, it was rear an axle. axle. Yep. And uh, so Hunter had gotten that white van that didn't have air conditioning. And this is the summer. I don't remember that. It was hot as balls. You see guys and gals and whatever. That's that's the shit you don't remember. Well, I guess Trev does. <laughs> I was uncomfortable. It. <laughs> I don't remember. I remember. I remember laying in the back and watching like V for Vendetta mm-hmm. and, and stuff yeah, like that. I remember that. I I read the entire last Harry Potter book on the way up to New Jersey. Good lord. Yeah, for everyone else who hasn't realized this by now, listening to this show, Trev is a Rita. Um, I am. I'm I not am. nearly as much as I used to be. My but, head hurt after that though. <laughs> <laughs> but let's keep going with this. Let's keep going. Yeah. So we go up there. Um, I contacted one of my ex-girlfriend's family to see because I was trying to find a place for us to stay. These people were amazing. Okay, look, I don't know if you're gonna name drop her, but I mean, I, we can. It, it, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. I don't, I don't think they would mind. None of this matters. But this family didn't know me from Adam, didn't know Hunter from Adam, mm-hmm. and they let us sleep in a loft and cooked us amazing so, breakfast every fucking morning. And, and for context, so I went online, and this is 07, so the internet's not as prominent, but it's still pretty alive and thriving. Yeah. Uh, it's not like it is today. But, no. Um, and I was trying to find a place for us to crash, because we wanted to go up there for... It's what, two weeks. Two weeks is yep. what we, we went up there for. So I was looking at hotels and everything like that. <laughs> I couldn't find nothing. Like everything was nowhere near where we wanted to be, which was in that area. And we couldn't afford it. And we couldn't either. afford anything. Um and then so I called my ex girlfriend, uh, Caitlin mm-hmm. and uh 
talk to her mom and I had a, I had a good relationship with, with them before I left. Uh, we, we, we broke up because I left and I knew I wasn't going back. So there's just no point in a long distance that I can't even ever right. meet her again. Yeah. So, but anyway, I call her. I'm like, hey, look, I'm looking for like a bed and breakfast or something where, we, you know, we want to go up there and, and, and see the sights and, and visit some people and stuff. She's like, well, she's like, like, I have a loft. Like, do y'all mind sleeping, like sleeping in sleeping bags? Like, we don't Hell have beds. No. And I was like, that would be amazing. <laughs> so yeah. I told y'all, Hunter and, and you and, and Brittany ended up staying at her friend's house. She had her own thing. But um, we're all on board. I mean, that saved us couple thousand dollars at least it was we that we didn't have that we didn't have sure so so um that's that's also the trip that invented the man pile yes (laughs) we man piled in in uh shiz's bed yes we did (laughs) um so i was like that would be amazing so we drive up there (laughs) everyone's wondering they're just gonna gloss over a man pile (laughs) yes we are yes we're gonna get back to it maybe leave it up to your imagination Yes. yes There's a lot of cuddling going on. <laughs> Male cuddling. Male cuddling. We frolicked. <laughs> That's where Pixie's Playground started, boy. We were on that Tita Tata. What? <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. Um, but anyway, we so, so we, we, we drove up there. Hunter's van did not have air conditioning. I remember because I sweated my ass off. The entire way up there. Mm-hmm. Um, we get there. This is in kind of northern New Jersey, and we uh, show up. And I mean, they're very, like you said, they're very friendly. I mean, these people are great. I, it's one of the reasons I called them because I knew they were nice and I figured they'd be helpful. And, uh, so you know, we we all went shopping. I think at Costco or or San, I think it was Costco. New Jersey's probably Costco. You're remembering more uh, than I do. <laughs> I, I mean, so. And uh, basically, it's fine. We're just in the bathroom. Oh, you can hear everything in this house pretty much. There's a lot of loud noises going on. Yeah, folks. And, yeah. My, and and little T boos looking around like a frightened rabbit. <laughs> yeah, my kids are uh, probably going to the bathroom or something like that. They can probably hear us. Really, it doesn't matter. They're used to it by now. Oh. Oh yeah, this is not the first episode I've had here, so they'll be okay. Oh okay, I thought you had them all here. Um, we digress. I've gone a couple other places. Like, I'll go to people's houses if they want, but most people are more willing to meet me, so it's, it's you know. Oh. But anyway, so we go up there, and, and basically all she asked us to do was, like, look, y'all pay for y'all food, and we'll go shopping, just buy enough food. And, I mean, we bought a ton of food, but enough for everybody, really, mm-hmm. uh, for while we were there. Uh, I bought a big fucking jar of uh, pretzels. I remember that. <laughs> <laughs> I ate those pretzels the entire two weeks we were there, too. I love pretzels. Yeah. These are the big stick kinds. Yeah, the stick the pretzels. Thick ones. Yeah. yeah. You like the big, thick sticks. Yeah, just like in that man pile. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, went up there. I had a, we had a lot of fun. We um, see what all we did. We went to the Family Values Tour. Yep. Saw corn, fly leaf, evanescence, hell yeah. Uh, um, I think we missed Trivium, Trivium didn't we? We showed up right in the like the middle of their mm-hmm. center that was fun though that was a that whole experience was corn was incredible we also went to see yes. the bravery and incubus and they played on a lake yeah which was amazing on the water was god yeah listening to drive on there was 
probably one of my most memorable like concerts ever. And then we went to see the Muse at Madison Square Garden, which which was amazing. Also, three piece band that tore up the garden, son. Um, it was awesome. We went to the beach twice, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, I got a tattoo. Yeah, it was my first tattoo I got was up there, which I was stupid. My I first tattoo as well. Yeah. I got a couple tattoos up there, though, didn't you? Well, I, my first two and and the only two of three that I have still oh, to okay. this day. Yeah, gotcha. uh, we're we're gotten on that trip. Mm-hmm. If that's proper English, I think so. Gotten on that trip. Did we go to the Liberty Science Museum when we were up there? I don't. I, I don't remember, man. I can't remember if, if I if I drugged y'all there or not. The thing I do remember most is leaving with a crush and. That that was both for New Jersey and a girl, and then ended up moving over there to pursue. That's where it gets layered. Yeah, we're we're gonna get there in a second. Let's oh, okay. continue with the story. <laughs> Go ahead. Okay. Um, my memory is shorter than yours when I, it comes to this. I guess I don't. Sometimes I feel like I'm making everything up in my head because people just don't remember what I remember. I don't. I don't know. I tell my sister this all the time. I'm not saying. I don't remember because it didn't happen. Mm-hmm. I'm saying I don't remember because I genuinely mm-hmm. if I if I think I remember it different, mm-hmm. I'll say it. Yeah. But I I got you. Straight up don't mm-hmm. remember a lot of stuff that happened during that two weeks, dude. And I didn't even have any weed back then. No, you didn't. No. So let's see what else did we do? Okay. I know we went to the movies. I can't remember what we watched, but we went with my old buddy John. Uh Rogan, do we? Whoa. Yeah. He had an interesting name. I remember going to that dude's house. He played guitar, right? A little bit. Yeah. It wasn't a lot, though. No, but he, he noodled. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He was a cool He was a good guy. Um, hung out with him a little bit. Left. Went up to New York City. Mm-hmm. And I think Kate went with us there because she was working. Um, that's when we went and got uh, – me and Hunter went and got our tattoos. Yeah. Y'all got our tattoos. We met um, – What's his name? I can't remember his name. One of Kate's friends was, was in the city. This was all big and new to me, dude. I'm from Mamou, Louisiana. I'm from a one square mile town. <laughs> all this is a blur forget, other than like... I forget the guy's name, but he, he kind of helped show us around. We took the subway. Uh, that was interesting. <laughs> you don't remember any of this shit, huh? No. So, I remember going to the Hole in the Wall tattoo place and going yeah. up some stairs. Mm-hmm. And the guy up there giving me my tattoo, and I'm like, wow, this is so painful. And in hindsight, it's it wasn't, but it, because it was the first one. Yeah, well, I guess you just didn't know what to expect. No, Maybe. it was in a tender area. It was it was like, oh, shit. But I got it. It's a Modest Mouse reference. Uh, we Were Lucky, which is the inside cover art to their album, We Were Dead, before the ship even sank, mm-hmm. which had come out that year. Yeah. And I had been waiting for it since 2004. And they didn't put out another LP till 2000, 2015, and they still haven't put out another LP, man. Whew. It's they tough need, going being a Modest Mouse fan they these need days. get on the ball. Uh, yeah. Something. Something. Uh, <laughs> we went to High Point. Do you remember High Point? I remember High okay. Point. High I've Point. I've been there many times yeah, after that. that's an awesome place. I, uh, yeah. I mean, I like – I mean, New Jersey's called the Garden State, mm-hmm. and it's very green. There's, very a lot green. Of, there's a lot of woodland up there. And High Point's basically just the highest point in yeah. New Jersey. The 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 whole thing behind that is supposedly you can see three states from one spot. Oh, really? Okay. The state you're in, mm-hmm. Jersey, you're in it. Yeah. 
um, Pennsylvania and New York State. Mm-hmm. Supposedly. Supposedly. I don't – or not Pennsylvania. It's another northern state. Was it um, like New Hampshire? No. Or like Connecticut or Vermont Some, or something? Well, yeah, what one I, of those. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to sit here and tell you I, I'm not going to yeah. pretend like I know the geography yeah. that well. Or, it, if, or if what I'm saying is even true. Mm-hmm. Take it, it with a grain of salt. Either way, very cool place. It's got a lake, got a bunch of trees, but they have kind of like a little tower, like right up the point where you can climb up and the we stairs did. and look out. Oh, yeah, we did. We climbed those up those steps, too. I remember it being spirally. Mm-hmm. It was spirally. And uh, like Shiz's knees, Shiz's knees were, were kind of bad. So, like, he was kind of in pain a little bit. A painful that, jaunt. That's when he was a, a lot bigger, though. He just yeah. lost a lot of weight since then. But, oh, yeah. Yeah. DDP yoga. Turn it for real. <laughs> yeah, really? Yeah. Oh, uh, cool. I didn't know that. I didn't know how he lost it. I just knew he lost DDP it. yoga. That's awesome. And and diet. Yeah. yeah, but, yeah, yeah. But, but implementing both those things. Mm-hmm. I watched him do it while I lived there, and he's he dropped that weight. The last time I lived in Jersey, that was uh, the, the last year was 2013, I want to say. And he had already been year year long into his uh, weight loss campaign. Mm-hmm. And he was succeeding, and he has continued yeah. to succeed. Yeah. And then he ended up with one of my uh, school friends. His girlfriend or wife? I don't think he married her yet. Steph? Hmm? Oh, okay. I went. Well, see, I went to school with her brother. I was in the same grade as her brother, Rob. Rob. Yeah. Rob Suhai. Mm-hmm. And uh, we'd all ride the bus together. So I knew both of them. And I, they were always nice to me. So, yeah. I, I knew. Got and then when I saw her, like, when I saw her on it, I was like, what? Okay. You know? Yeah. I don't know. To me, it was a small world, but, you know, you don't interact with people and then you see them and you're like, oh, shit. Okay. It's been Eric and Steph for a long time. For a while. Yes. Uh, did all that. And then we really went out with a bang. In all kinds of ways. Literally and figuratively. Yeah. I mean, I didn't. For lack of trying. But <laughs> yeah. Not not for a lack of trying, I guess is the best way to say it. So, end of the two weeks, we go to Shiz's house. And for people, uh, we, we didn't really explain Shiz too well. Shiz went to school with my older sister. And I, I'd hang out with him too while they would hang out. And he is like six... Eight, six, nine, six, ten. Yeah, he's he's almost he's closer to seven foot than six foot. Yes, as someone who is normally taller than everyone, Shiz is taller than me, hands down. I always liked it, and he was always a big guy too. When so. I used to hang out with him and his buddies, mm-hmm. it was like three, four tall ass dudes, and then mm-hmm. this one little like following them <laughs> yeah. around and shit. Yeah, and he always used to drive around in a Subaru. <laughs> with with I think he had some kind of turbo charger in oh, it though. Man, and cars we up. would go up um what was it called? Was it Clinton Road? Mm-hmm. So I mean I know this is kind of a getting off track, but let's let's go ahead and go down it. So my parents, one of our family friends lived in North Carolina. So my, my mom and my dad went meet her for the weekend. I think she was maybe graduating from college or something. Uh, or something along those lines. So my sister was tasked with watching me because she was a teenager at the time. So they basically just gave my sister like so much money and like here you go for the weekend. <laughs> so well, the funny thing is uh, that's all beer money now. Kind of. So we we hung out with Shiz the entire weekend and one of one of his other buddies, and um, it was awesome though. Like we were we we went up Clinton Road to the reservoir mm-hmm. at like midnight. It's kind of creepy, but awesome. Clinton Road is uh, famously 
the most haunted road in yes. North America. And I used to live at 13 Clinton Road. Oh, did you? Uh, the last time I lived up there, mm-hmm. yeah, me with the apartment I shared with uh, Shiz, Alex Patrono, Dan Noller. Uh, there was a, there was that there was a few other people that came through there. Jesse Camarano. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that 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 was our address was gotcha. thirteen. We went through Hurricane Sandy and that fucking. Oh house. shit. Um, but Clinton Rose just has a whole bunch of nostalgia. But what I really remember is um, what's it called? Was it Root? It was Root something. Route 23 is right there. Route 23 that would run right in front of where I used to live. And there was a Dunkin' Donuts con right there. And um, at like 2 in the morning, we parked at that Dunkin' Donuts. And we went lay on Route 23, like in the road, just chilling, looking up at the stars, listening to music. There was no vehicles at all. Yeah, well, it's a good thing because people fly down there like bats out of hell. You're right. You're right. But there was nothing. It was just one of those like time and memorial kind of yeah, yeah. kind of. You can get I'll, away with laying in the street right I'll now. I'll never forget it. Well, it wasn't even that. It was just completely the music, the vibe, uh, looking at the stars, you huh. know. I've got one of those nights. Yeah? With, with You were there. Uh, it's the night we followed Darren Dakota around Mamu oh, and yeah. Eunice looking for a party. Um, this is actually That's actually the first night of Teenage Freedom for me. I had my van, and this is back in high school for anyone who's wondering where I'm going with this. I had just got my van, which was, yeah, like Trev said earlier, it was a, a big black Good Times van with the shagging, it was the shagging wagon with the shag carpets, the curtains. The lights, like it had the light strips. The running lights, There's a, all that. The old TV, uh, captain seats in the middle and the front. Yeah. Um, well, I, I took everyone out following this guy who said he knew where our party was, and we weren't really party people, but we were all drinking. We were all 16, 17. It was time to go fuck shit up. And we followed this guy around all night. It's like two, three in the morning. He don't know where a party is. So on the way back, I pop in a mixtape I made. And this is a cassette, kids. Yeah, I still used a to cassette. Make those. I used yes. to make mixtapes, and one the song that I remember in this moment, I remember looking at the moon bouncing off like the fucking rice fields mm-hmm. and everything mm-hmm. else is uh, Modest Mouse's live version of Trucker's Atlas. And if you Google this, Trucker's Atlas in parentheses, you'll see. That song, those lyrics, that moment, everyone asleep in my van, seemingly. Mm-hmm. I think I think you might have been awake, and Hunter was probably throwing up at that moment underneath my back seat. But um, I'll never. I know what you mean. I'll never forget the yeah. vibe and yeah. that moment and what mm-hmm. that culminated for, yep. like what it, or what it culminated towards. Maybe maybe for you that was just uh, damn. This is New Jersey. Uh, maybe I condensed. Yeah, yeah. I think it's just one of those fond memories where. You'll never forget it just because it was a time and a place and an experience, you mm-hmm. know. Um, what what fucks me up is how many of those those moments you actually do forget. Mm-hmm. But when you're in them, you can kind of tell it's going to be one sometimes, or at least sometimes. I felt like that. There's a vibe. There's definitely a vibe. Uh, one night we we sat outside of a uh, hunter's aunt's house late at night by the pool, making. Uh, this was again in high school. But we were making mudslides. And we were listening to good news for people who love bad news by Modest Mouse mm-hmm. and just had the deepest conversation that you can have at that age, at that time, whatever. And I, I, that's another one. That's just like it's in there. It's mm-hmm. buried and it'll, it'll never go anywhere. Yep. Yep. So. uh Ooh, these memory lanes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, get back on track, I guess. You were having a an excursion with the sister and shiz down Clinton Road. Yes. 
and uh, we had that experience. And um, I remember I played I played basketball in New Jersey, the like the the parish league or whatever it was. And they ain't got parishes up there, but the county, the <laughs> county. I know, like Louisiana, is the only state that has parishes. But I don't state. give a fuck. Yeah. It's all parishes. <laughs> they were all parished in my parishes. Travis Parish in Texas? Yes. <laughs> of Travis County. Um, and a Lake Travis in Austin. Yeah. Yeah. Why do I know so much about Travis places? I don't know. Because you're Travis. I'm Travis. Maxwell. Don't even like that name. Uh-oh. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> we keep going off. I'm so sorry. No, it's okay. <laughs> this is part of the fun. This um, is- <laughs> I love strength. Okay. <laughs> So he he I played basketball and for whatever reason he needed to drive me to my basketball game and Brittany was with us and I was sitting in the passenger seat because we're two big fucks so you know my sister and the other guy that was with us opted to sit in the back seat to be nice and Shiz is going like yeah ninety. 115. 115 <laughs> down, down these curvy, hilly roads. So, like, you would take a, a hill. Like, my head would hit the ceiling because we would go. It's just my head would just go. Bah, 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 bah. I was like, I'm going to have a concussion before I even get to the cave. Um, that was just another one of those. Because shit, shit is just was comfortable as fuck driving down those roads. Dude, every time he'd get in the car, I'd be like, don't do it, man. He'd be like, he'd smile. <laughs> oh, yes, he'd, he be like, he'd be like, what? Don't do what? And I'm like, you know what, man? Please, I'm scared. And he'd be like, why are you scared? It's only dev. It's And Shiz knew about Cosmic before you knew I about know, Cosmic. Man. Well, he was into the metals before I was into the metals. I like some metal, but mm-hmm. I've gotten more into metal since I turned 30. It was actually like a month uh, before or after I turned 30 that mm-hmm. something clicked with black metal yeah. death metal and I just went into this oh, whole yeah. other realm it's gonna it's gonna sound crazy but I think I have a much more profound appreciation of Modest Mouse now than I did when we were teenagers and listening to it all the time I'm just gonna go ahead and say that like I like hearing that yeah that's a good thing it cl- kind of the same like it clicked and I was like I see now <laughs> yeah they're 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 an interesting interesting band with an interesting perspective and lyrics and mm-hmm. music and there's no other band like them even though they they glean influences and from 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 different other artists but they're entirely their own they're, there's plenty of artists that are entirely their own things. yes mouse just happens to be the one that fucking they're definitely unique i mean I'll, me. I'll put it they had their own little section in my music genre or whatever we're, we're bringing this up again because my, my, modest mouse has been my favorite band since 2004 yeah. And we're yeah. damn near twenty years on I from mean, that. He pretty much hypnotized me to listen to them, and then no, I forced everyone yeah. to listen yeah, to Modest yeah. well, But that's what I'm saying. It got ingrained in my brain against my will, mm-hmm. and then it just <laughs> it just happened. But now I appreciate everyone who would get in my van. I'd be like, we're listening to Modest. <laughs> yeah, it, no, no, it wasn't even a matter of like wondering what band he was gonna play. It literally just came that out to which album is he gonna play, yeah. which album. I mean, I played. We listen to some other music. I was music. gonna say I play other stuff. Well, like, I mean, Kohi, Kohi and, and, and then even even like Backcountry with fucking Event uh, Sevenfold, Sevenfold, City of Evil, uh, Blue October, Foiled. Yep. Uh, so I mean, it's not it's not that we didn't. It's just Modest was the most prominently played, which is fine. It wasn't. I was not modest about my mouse. No, <laughs> you were not at all. Mm-hmm. Was squeaking mm-hmm. all over the goddamn place. Who me? The mouse squeaks. Oh, the mouse is squeaking. Yeah. <laughs> and then wow. 
<laughs> that's what that's what Isaac Brock does. Bro. There's a there's a compilation on YouTube of every time he says well throughout the entire discography. Oh really? It's about a, it's about almost two minutes long. That's awesome. <laughs> and it's just when he says well in every song from start to from the beginning of the discography to the end. Imagine or, being the person that that hunted all that down. Oh, I, like, I just want I just want to see how many wells he says. I want to shake their hand. I gotta record this. Yeah, yeah. it's a lot. Yeah, it's a lot. It's a lot. That's, that's rough. <laughs> I don't want to do that. I don't want to do it at all. So the whole New Jersey thing, yeah. We'll, yeah, we'll get back on track. Let's let's take an intermission real okay. quick, and then we'll, we'll get back to that. Let's do it. We are back, folks. After uh, a potty break, a smoke break, a, a beer refresher, mm-hmm. a little bit of Jello shot syringe. Yeah, man. Uh, I've been with, injected with the good stuff. With the good stuff, called the primer. Mm-hmm. Whenever I drink, I like a little bit of alcoholic Jello to. To get me going, <laughs> you need the gels. Yeah, well, I love Jello just in general. Mm-hmm. So when you add alcohol, which I also love, the thing is, is you gotta you gotta put a beer inside of a Jello float thing, like a a Jello dish. You eat your way around the alcoholic through the, <laughs> through the alcoholic Jello to get to the beer inside. You reward yourself, yeah, with more alcohol. You only win when you play you this game. You only win when you play this game. <laughs> yeah. By the way, there's there's no turns. I call it the gym. <laughs> the gym. Yeah. <laughs> you hide a beer inside the jello. <laughs> a jello lollipop. Mm-hmm. How many licks does it take to get oh. to the center? <laughs> Imagine if you had to lick jello to get to the middle. It would just be eventually like a globular mess all over your mouth. You look much. like my kids. Yeah. I'm like everyone's kids, really, I guess. <laughs> Kids are just messy. They well, grew out of it eventually. Let's uh, let's leave New Jersey. We we were there. We had a fun two weeks. It ended with a crazy pool party where everyone got inebriated, and some people, uh, me, found someone to be infatuated by. And I found a stalker, <laughs> or a p- potential stalker. I I axed that in the butt you, real quick. You lucked. You lucked out. I knew I was leaving. So, yeah. um, so I guess where this is going is because you you were alluding to it. Why did I leave? Like, is that it, it was building up? I was going through the timeline a little bit. Um, yeah, I mean we, that wasn't long afterwards. No, no, it wasn't because uh, you know, the party was just fun. I guess it was just. We, we partied that night, and then we partied the next night, even though we were supposed to leave, like, that day. We yeah. stayed an extra day. Yeah. Got drunk again. Uh, New Jersey has bullshit liquor laws. Or they did. I don't know if they changed them. But, well, the first night, I think we ran out of hard alcohol, and we had beer. And we were trying to get some more, but she was just like, well, I don't know. They, they, they stopped selling it at a certain time. Which, actually, I think Louisiana has the same bullshit. Like... Why do you stop selling alcohol at 11 p.m.? Like what? Like from stores? You can go to bars. No, you can still buy alcohol until 2 a.m. on week weekdays, and uh, Sunday's the only day where they they stop selling in stores oh. at midnight. It's just weird. It's just part of this antiquated shit we're born into. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, there's still dry counties. Think about that. I I, I work in some sometimes, oh, man. and it's not fun. No, but anyway, we had a blast. Finally went home. Uh, my job, which I had told I was going on a two-week like senior trip, mm-hmm. and told them I was leaving to do that, got back. 
You don't have a job anymore. <laughs> wow. Yeah. I don't know if it got lost in translation or like, cause I told them before they even hired me, like, this is what I have planned. Yeah. This is what I'm doing it. And I know my main boss wasn't there. He went out for like the weekend. So I told the <laughs> secretary, so maybe she didn't tell him. I don't, I don't know. Yeah. Either way. You got fucked. I got fucked. I had no job. To go with Hunter a little bit of money. Cause I ran out of money like towards the end of the trip. Oh. Yeah. I think I saved up like $1,000 to go to New Jersey. Damn. I left with some money from a job I had beforehand and from my parents, and Hunter had money back then. So Hunter Hunter would be just throwing money around left and right like yeah, it was. I paid him back. I, just, I had to work another job for a little while and then paid him back. So we came back and let's see. That's what senior year. Come back from that. It was technically my senior trip. And I got shoved into going to college. Shoved? Okay, so I didn't want, like, my schedule during my senior year was pretty hectic, which I guess is no different than most people's. But go to school, maybe go home early, go football, do football for three hours. Maybe go to Young's and help them close for a couple hours, like go to work. Then I do that all week. Friday was football games. Saturday and Sunday I'd work at Young's to kind of recoup my hours. But then I'd also go hang out with y'all on my free time. I'd sometimes call in sick to work because I didn't <laughs> want to go. And y'all like, come drink with me. And I'm like, well, yeah, sure. <laughs> Not saying no. Yeah. Um. <laughs> Us so, partying back then was going deep into the country, making a fire, having drinks and talking. Mm-hmm. That's the kind of partying. I've never, I've, I've never been like a party person. No. I've never, I've never been one to go to clubs. I don't, I don't like the music. Um, to me, a good time is a bonfire. Oh yeah, definitely. Uh, we had a lot of those too. Yeah. Um, and I like more of the social setting of a of a bonfire. If you could find a good bar. Yeah, that's that's laid back. I don't mind, but like I was tell, talking to Mary today about it, I was like, I, I really have no desire to go to any bars. Like I can drink at home. Yeah, I don't. I, don't, um, I never go to a bar. I like Legends, like in the Lafayette area, and they just they just built one in Scott, which is right where I work. So I want to go to that one because I like Legends. They have that that nice like unique feel where laid back vibe. It's laid back and intimate kind of. So the music's sometimes pretty good. Yeah, well, you can pick the music. Like you can even just go on your phone and. I like going to karaoke at places. Karaoke's fun. I gotta, I gotta be drunk enough to do that, though. Me too. So, I don't, I'm not a singer. But I've got some go-tos. I'll do some Matchbox 20. Okay. Uh, some Counting Crows. Different yeah. things. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Oof. yeah that's, that brings back memories, too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it I'm wasn't just around. Mouse back in the day, man. No, no. We... We'd be doing disservice if we said we didn't listen to others, other stuff, which we, we named a few. Yeah. Um, we would listen to other stuff. Modest Mouse was just kind of on the repeat. But after we got back from Jersey, you got forced into college. I got forced into college. So it, what I was leading up to is, is by the time football season ended, I was burnt out from just – and I had to work out too in between, like whenever I had a chance. And uh, I was just kind of burnt. And then when football left, then I would work more. 
So it was the same kind of stuff. So by, And then the thing about senior year and school was once I graduated, like I was so happy with just being done with bullshit. I just wanted time away from it before I got into some more bullshit. And I was burnt out. So I just needed time to just enjoy my freedom, I guess is the best way to say parents not like that well i don't know about my dad my mom was like no because you'll never go and then what what made the decision was is uh someone put my name up for a scholarship from the rotary club the mama rotary club and it was like a thousand dollar scholarship and they gave it to me i was like fuck (laughs) so what a blessing yeah yeah (laughs) well it was almost like it was late like it was about to be the start like the last few days before you needed to sign up. Oh my God. And I still couldn't afford to go to college. So like the thousand dollars was basically just a, here's a deposit and enough to get my books. And I, I could apply for Pell grants, which anyone who's ever had to deal with it, like their are state grants given by the federal government to poor people like me. So we can go to college and they would pay for everything. That's why you should have voted for me. Yeah. It would have been free for everybody. Back in that day, it was old George Bush. Well, no child left behind. <laughs> um, so I kind of got press game into going to college, and I fucked off my first two semesters, which is <laughs> why I wasn't able to go back after a while. Uh, but while I was doing that, um, was the time where y'all y'all went to Lafayette mm-hmm. without me, which was fine. I was staying with my mom. <laughs> Um, but at a certain point, my vehicle broke down, so I couldn't even go visit y'all, uh, which I alluded to in Ricky's episode, I believe. Yeah. There, there, this is something you, you, yeah, I mean, at least when you're growing up and you have a close circle of friends, you think this is, these are always going to be my friends. Mm-hmm. For you, that's kind of still the same. Kind yeah, of. I've gained... Because I mentioned how I have, like, two main groups, and, like, I've gained, like, one of those groups I gained in the college, like, late college years or, or even after that. But the other one, I mean, been having y'all's friends since fucking, you know, five and, and <laughs> whatever. With, and with, well, within that group that Trev's talking about, there's a splinter, and I'm the splinter. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say I'm the, the odd man out of that old group. Um, and even that group's had new people come in, but... Not many, and it's pretty much been the same core group of people. Uh, mm-hmm. We moved to Lafayette again. This is back when Travis was the assertive, gung-ho, things are going to go the way I say. Mm-hmm. And for the most part, they did mm-hmm. until we moved to Lafayette. And part of the chaos, part of transferring, because you had mentioned in Ricky's episode, uh, my parents moved out of Mamu and left me and Hunter to live in the house. Unsupervised for our last year of high school. My parents were going through a marital crisis, and that was known to me. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I could go into stories about that, but well, I won't. We don't have that's to. Not, it was known to us too, eventually. Yeah. I mean, we were around when it was going on. So. There, there, there was a lot of shit I was dealing with on a personal level, but my main thing was like, I know this can work, and I want to see it through. Mm hmm. And by then, we had got uh, Brandon and Jake to be a part of the band and completely infused into the group. Same sensibilities, senses of humor. It was perfect, like a glove. Prophecy Dogs, bro. Prophecy Dogs. Trevor made us a sick-ass fucking guitar case that is lost to time and foreclosures. And um, Yep. 
regret that. But uh, we later changed the band to Deja Morte, and we would play live shows in Lafayette, Alec, like wherever y'all could find a gig, pretty yeah. much. Yeah, even played at well, Prophecy Dogs played at my 18th birthday party. That was a house show. That was back when Cody was the drummer. You're right. Um, that was before Prophecy Dogs. No, no, it was Prophecy Dogs. Okay, well, that's okay. Yeah, yeah, it was. That was that from the beginning. I always would. Okay. Like the old banners, I was saying mm-hmm. I'm making set lists. It was prophecy okay. dogs yeah so my dream was to tour around the, the country yeah in a van mm-hmm. and be a small indie rock band yep moving to lafayette was step one mm-hmm. let's move to lafayette get jobs just to pay the rent and eat and uh do the band thing well people stopped caring more and more people stopped pra- wanting to practice more and more mm-hmm. and whenever the potential to get close to new york city came into my mind the part of me that saw everyone else was going to do their own thing coupled with certain words and conversations Mm -hmm. that were spoken in high school and leading up until even during Gustav, whenever, whatever chance was talking, there were things said during that hurricane that cut me deep. And did I deserve them? I think I deserved maybe the reaction. I don't think ultimately on a total grand scale of things, I deserved what I was told. But that's fine. It is what it is. Mm-hmm. But that's part of me saying, okay, I can I can not cut these ties, but I can it's time go, to do my own thing. It's right, and and, and I've, I always wanted to leave Louisiana. I always wanted to. Which I, I was gonna say, like you were never, <laughs> you were a big town guy. Uh, which I'm not using that as a reductive. I'm saying I feel like you you always wanted to branch out to something bigger and better. I wanted to leave Louisiana. Yes, yeah, yeah. which which was in in that the opposite in of Mamou was New York City. Yeah, well, and, and that's what I was going to say is Mamou is such a small town. Everyone knows your business. It's not as enlightened in some areas as you would hope. Um, Definitely not. A hundred percent. Yeah. Neither is uh, New York City or New Jersey. <laughs> Neither is anywhere on this planet. Ironically enough, it's only uh, within yourself. Yeah, which. You learned eventually, I, I imagine. Um, yeah, but it was it. it uh, took it took leaving a lot of people I love behind to question me mm-hmm. the entire time. I mean, those things were there. The 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 love was still there. Like, hey, all these things happened, and and all these conversations happened, and it even still got muddier whenever I got with my wife, who is now my wife, because of the circumstances surrounding that. And what I'll say about that is, there's a lot of misunderstandings. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of miscommunications. I can guarantee that mm-hmm. because I know my perspective of it. Yeah. And it isn't what most people think. Mm-hmm. In fact, it's just not what most people think. Yeah. It's something that happened after the fact, if that makes any sense. Okay. And I'm not going to sit here and say I regret that because I have two beautiful kids and a stepson who I – have a great fondness with and i heard you and chance laughing about oh he loves horror yeah that's because of me yeah it's definitely because of me but 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 i don't push a 10 year old to watch certain things that he Mm -hmm. shouldn't be Mm -hmm. we we responsibly gauge what he can and can't see um it depends on the kid like on on the child also like it what they can handle what's what's acceptable what's appropriate and it's how you show them exactly and even my daughter who is four years old likes scary stuff Mm -hmm. she loves halloween her birthday party which is in february she demanded 
a Nightmare Before Christmas party. That has nothing to do with me. That's still awesome. But it, it's yeah. amazing, but yeah, I didn't yeah, say, yeah. hey, Rowan, do you want to have a... No, she she came up with that idea and told my wife, and I'm like, this is amazing. Mm-hmm. But um, I think my, my take on it is, is whatever happens at the end of the day, like right now, I think everything turned out for the better or the best or whatever you want to say. I wouldn't say the best. But okay, not the best, but – No. In an ideal world, I'd still be close friends with everyone mm-hmm. because I still I still feel like in my heart I love everybody. Mm-hmm. But I just really feel like that's not shared. Mm-hmm. Or, 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 and and, and I'm, not, I'm not saying that like it's undeserved. Maybe it is because I know me. I don't yeah. feel like it is. Mm-hmm. But it's beyond the point of trying to salvage. Mm-hmm. To the extent of like, I'm never going to be part of the group again. Yeah. It's just not, it's just not, and, and, and there's a, there's a dichotomy within me of regret and guilt, the regret of not, and the guilt of having to live with. Mm -hmm. So I regret that I'm not friends with everybody. I feel guilty for some of the things I did, but there's no way I can, I can justify changing it at this point knowing mm-hmm. what i have now and what i'm what i'm doing now i mean you, you need to do what's best for you and live your best life and and move forward and not you know well like well like I even us we're not even as close as we used to be and no the whole this whole thing got spurred on because i, I didn't want to say that about us moving to lafayette and you staying in mamu or going to college at mm-hmm. lsue life happens and people move on and some people get upset by that and that's understandable. But you can't stop other people from doing what they're going to do, even if you don't agree with it. And I feel like a lot of people didn't agree with me. And I was still doing what I wanted to do, or mm-hmm. what I had to do for me in my growth so as a person. when you first left, uh, I don't know if I was bitter. I was surprised. Well, I can't even say I was necessarily surprised. Cause I don't know either because I talked I, about leaving. I didn't know. But see, here's the thing. At the time, I was barely in and out mm-hmm. because I was in Mamu and like, I didn't have a vehicle. So my time like before you left was very sporadic. So like I didn't know you left until like days or weeks after you left because I didn't even go to the apartment. I just showed up one day. I was like, where's Travis? And I was like, oh, he's gone. Mm-hmm. You know, like that's how it was. I'm not going to say I was bitter about it, but like. Was there a little bit of hurt there? Cause, sure. Because everyone you let, didn't tell me. Everyone let you know? me know. They all let me know. Um, I, I, yeah. I, I had talked about leaving, and I paid my rent up uh, because I was I was working. At the mm-hmm. time I was working at Crystal Burger Night Shift. Mm-hmm. Um, I paid my rent up. I, I told everybody what I was going to do. There was some indifference. Yeah. And some whatever. So me leaving was like – a breath of fresh air for me personally because I was ready to tackle something else. And you know what? You were trying to go to the next stage of your life. Well, and, and some, way, sometimes right? doing it alone, even though I was going to meet a girl, it's still. I'm, I, I mean, I don't feel like that changes anything. You had a reason, but like you had so many other reasons. I had a, la- a multitude. It of wasn't. Reasons. It wasn't just her. It no. was. You were ready to progress, and. I love the, like like I said I love the memories of the apartment and everything but that was 
that place wasn't progression. It was just kind of a whirlwind of chaotic. Well, I do another thing too, and 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 if you if you ever lived with me, and maybe Hunter could vouch for this if you ever asked him. I was not a neat freak, but I liked it clean, mm-hmm. and that apartment was anything but clean. <laughs> I mentioned it in, in Ricky's episode, yeah. And chances. Yeah. And, and, chance. and, and after cleaning it several times and realizing no one else is going to lift the fucking finger, mm-hmm. you get pretty pissed off, oh, yeah. especially when you fuss and you bitch, and then you look like the asshole because you're bitching, but no one's doing anything, yeah. and it's like... Good God, guys, like, this is not what this is supposed to be. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Now, the fun part of it, the fun revolving door part mm-hmm. of parties and people coming over, Oh, all, totally all yeah, about that. Yeah, yeah, it was a blast. That's but, what my house was before but we you still, But you still had, like, certain sensibilities that weren't shared among others. Well, let's clean the house. Yeah. I mean, it, to me, it's basic. Yeah. It's basic shit. Yeah, yeah, Let's yeah. be Let's be clean. Well, and, I mean, the irony now is that, like... You With the kids. exception of having kids, like <laughs> everyone's houses are pretty much clean. Like there's like you know my house is kind of dirty right now, but it's fairly clean, all things considered. Um, Anyone who has kids knows your house is going to be a daily wreck. You just have to keep up with <laughs> okay, it. You cannot so, let it fall behind. And here's the funny part: so most of my episodes have been done here, and like right before, because you know I've always keep my wife in the loop, make sure she understands what I got planned podcast wise. And, like, every single time, she's like, we need to clean the house before they come. I'm like, look, baby, they're not, like, they're not going to care. Don't make it special for me. And, uh, <laughs> well. I don't give a fuck. I wasn't telling shit, but, like, I laughed because I was like, baby, when I went through the podcast with them, like, their house wasn't spotless. And they told me, I was like, I don't care. Like, I have kids, too. I understand what a full work week is and having kids. Like. You, you, you apologize because it's what you do. To you, want, you want it to be clean. Sure. But that's it. But it, you just want it to be. But you <laughs> it never gets clean. You're tired. Like <laughs> you clean it, and then your kids come right behind you and just shit all over it. Yeah, like, they do. Like both figuratively and specifically. Like for all the listeners out there, I've got a ten year old stepson, a four year old daughter, and a two year old son. My house oof. is chaos, and I work over the road, so my wife deals with with ninety percent mm, of it. And super mom. Super mom, super mom. Man fucking dude. All the all the props to Angel because my wife was kind of the same when I was working seven and seven. I mean, when Owen was around, for the most part, I was back here. But even with just Emma, I mean, that's a lot. Mm-hmm. You work a full time job, come home, see about the kid. Now, when I was home, like I would try to assume all the all the all the responsibility, give her a break if I could. You know, that's rough, man. You know, being by yourself, you see others on the road. <laughs> you still gotta. You gotta get the grind, and you gotta take care of the kids. It's, it's tough, man. That's that's the trade off. Um, the the money I'm able to make, and 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 the potential still is the trade off of being away for some things, and mm-hmm. it's hard. It's been taxing. Um, there's even been, you know, moments of like, well, time to look for something else. But uh, besides all that, besides it being hard. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm lucky that, that, that she is, my wife is that, that good of a mom and that, that, you know, she'll shoulder that, that burden. Mm-hmm. But, um, I lost track of what I was saying. See? Um, oh yeah. Yeah. We, we went off on a tangent. Uh, oh, the whole me leaving and whatever. Yeah. You, you left to, to get the, to the next stage of your life. You had some stuff you want to go after. And nobody else seemed to be sharing the same kind of 
want that you, or desire that you had. And 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 that's I, I think ultimately, I mean, like Brandon and Jake were already wanting to be in another band, but I think ultimately, like the whole playing base, forcing that on Hunter. Hunter didn't have an identity. I'm not saying he didn't have an identity. He didn't have a thing that he wanted to go explore and do mm-hmm. that was given room. Yeah. Which, at the time, he never said what it was, so I don't know what it would have been. But it seemed to be music. He, his favorite band was Modest Mouse at that time. We seemed to be kindred spirits. There, there's a lot about – and I mean I know you, you can understand this because I lived with the guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a lot of – there's a lot more with him than with all of y'all Yeah, that I – really wish were was different. Yeah. I mean that's that's rough, man. Y'all were I mean y'all were like brothers. I mean his, yeah. I know. mean if he called me today I'd still be like, what's up dude? Like yeah. I wouldn't even but it's also it, it just it like I was saying earlier, it feels too far gone. It it almost feels like a lifetime ago and like yeah. there's no need at this point to mm-hmm. even try to insert myself back in the yeah. I it Which is well. Is. I don't. I don't even know. I don't even know if he would be receptive to that. To be honest with you. So it I, is what I it can't is. Tell you. I. Uh, we had a we had a little text interaction not long ago, and okay. it was it was positive, but it was definitely controlled, controlled and done mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. with. And I and I got it, and I was yeah. like, you know yeah. what, man, that's My, cool. I was addicted I, I think, too long. I think. I think. The thing I'm happy about, and it, it's one of like my points from earlier on was regardless of whatever happened, like, you know, Brandon and Angel had Noah, awesome kid, and that'll, you know, Angel will always be Noah's mom, and Brandon will always be Noah's dad, Mm -hmm. and whenever Noah's involved, like, y'all need to be, you know, the parents and the... the, I only step in when necessary. Yeah, the family. And I'm going to say this, too, and I mean, if he don't want me saying it, it is what it is, but me, me and Brandon have a very civil and friendly. He told me that, like y'all had, I don't know if you were there, but they, like he told me they had dinner with Angel a while back, not long, long ago, but like maybe a couple months back, and he was like, yeah, it's fine, because I talked to him about it a little bit, mm-hmm. just to see, like to gauge things, because I was kind of in the middle, you know. Um, sure, everybody was. I was trying to be the whole. I was trying to be friendly with y'all, uh, <laughs> while still being. You know, close friends with them, and they were, you know, some of them were angry from from the earlier on set. Oh, me and Angel felt very ostracized. Oh, I'm sure. <laughs> oh, totally. And, I mean, look, man. For it, reasons that we are like. I, I love my friends. I love my friends group, but if you get on their bad side, it's. Well. You know. Yeah. Maybe we're going too deep into the weeds pro- on this one. Probably so. Uh, but I think my point was is. At the end of the day, whoever's the opposing parent or whatever, y'all need to work together for for the sake of your child and be cordial and oh, be nice. Yeah, and, well, and be whenever to... there's major decisions, I step out. Mm-hmm. That's not my place. That's fair. Unless I'm I mean, asked. Yeah, that's fair. If though. I'm asked, then I'll step in. But uh, no, they they they're they're both great parents to Noah. So and I don't... they're and they're good. Like now, like I said, they're cordial. They can talk. They're you know that's what I always want. I want you know I want everyone to be happy. Well, he and and that's what and I was getting at. Mm-hmm. He, he had he had sent me a message once saying like, you know, thank thank you for taking care helping helping taking care of Noah and and this that and the other. And I was like, thank you for saying that, man. And happy Father's. It was during a Father's mm-hmm. Day thing. And we had a good exchange that that I'm gonna cherish because despite everything, 
I've got history with him. Mm-hmm. With all of y'all. Yeah. Yeah. And I like nowhere in my heart is there hate for anybody mm-hmm. in this group that I'm splintered from. Mm-hmm. <laughs> not on not on my end. I don't yeah. feel hate or resentment. Just like I said, regret and guilt. Yep. It's I just I just walk around being like, ah, wish it was a little bit different, but it, it is uh, what it is. Yeah. What are you gonna do? Yeah. So I left, did the jersey thing. Which was a whole experience in and of itself mm-hmm. to be from Mamu and to work overnight in New York City every night doing uh, pest control, being alone in these ancient buildings uh, by yourself. Also meeting up with a guy who to this day I'd say is my songwriting soulmate, mm-hmm. Frank Esposito. We wrote so much good music together and if I could if I could make music with one human being, mm-hmm. Ricky's gonna be mad at me for saying this. But I'm sorry, Ricky. I mean, I wrote more songs than Frank. I, I would I would pick Frank to be my It's okay, uh, Ricky's got like three three other bands in his back pocket. Yeah, yeah. Waiting. Just waiting. Hallways, her greatest fear and uh, yeah. everything else. Four fingered mouse. <laughs> uh, uh, Greg Savvy. <laughs> Which we were both in that band. <laughs> me and Ricky. Um, no, but I, I would, I would choose to, uh, I, he would be my linen to my McCartney or my mm-hmm. McCartney to his linen. Either way you yeah. want flip, sure flip flop that one. Um, but at that time too, for me, there was, there was a, a growth of, of, and you've said on the show, I, I was a militant atheist and I was. When you were um, younger, for sure. Oh yeah. When you came back from Jersey, you were different. Yeah, I can I, tell you that 100%. Well, what happened was I, I listened, and I can pinpoint the moment where you know how sometimes you'll know something, but you didn't, but you don't know that the, that the world knows it mm-hmm. or has a term for it. Yeah. So in my growth, in my research, in my introspection, living in Jersey, uh, I came across a number of influential people. But the one of the most was Carl Sagan, mm-hmm. and his speech, which you can find called Pale Blue Dot, pretty much cemented a, a quasi-philosophy that I was building up in my own head. Mm-hmm. His speech, Pale Blue Dot, is about people trying to be the momentary masters of a fraction of a dot here on this planet, rivers of blood. Uh, it, it's a very flowery speech, but mm-hmm. it's but it's poignant prescient it's 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 timeless it's everything mm-hmm. and it, it it shows you that you're gonna be here and this this here is suffering and that's what this here is mm-hmm. so since you only have this short amount of time and i believe as far as i know this is all i've got mm-hmm. then instead of all the fighting all the anger all the frustrations just try to go to the next person next to you or whatever and be nice mm-hmm. and see if maybe that'll spread, is it gonna? No, but it'll spread Sometimes enough. Sometimes it does. It'll spread enough in your outward vicinity to mm-hmm. where you, you and the people around you might be able to live a live a more positive life, have a better outlook, and that that. But when I heard that speech, that's when the whole like, okay, I think I know the kind of person I am and how I need to kind of calm down, because I was so mad because I expect a lot out of people, because mm-hmm. I because I was expecting a lot out of myself back then. To be smart, to be resourceful, as resourceful as I could be, and I'm still really not. Um, but to, I, 
I, I expected a lot out of people. Yeah. And when they wouldn't meet that expectation, it was frustrating. It was fucking infuriating and disappointing and a lot of things. Yeah. And that could reflect my home life. There, there's a lot of I could give myself excuses all day, but let's just say as a developing teenager, don't tell me what to do. Everything everyone thinks is a lie. I need to tell everyone about this. Mm -hmm. So you get the asshole militant atheist, Travis, who is <laughs> yeah. like, this shit's stupid. Why are you so smart but so stupid? And this, that, and the other. And that's before I, I sat down and actually listened to people like William Lane Craig debate Christopher Hitchens. That's before I would listen to people with differing views from mine who could make sense out of the world. I'm going to tell you right now. I mean, it... it Calling myself an atheist is not what I would do anymore, mm -hmm. but I will say a hundred percent, a hundred percent religion is bullshit. Mm -hmm. It's, it's, it's organized religion is a scam and politics is the new religion. And I don't know if all of you out there have been paying attention, but guess what? You've chosen a side. Even if you don't think you have, you have Trump was no different than anyone else. And Biden and Harris are not going to be any different. You're going to see the same fucking show go on. Mm -hmm. I've been paying attention since not since uh, nine eleven, which was the the the, the linchpin of our time, of mm -hmm. our generation, oh, yeah, where yeah, things yeah. changed forever. And since then, I've been uh, back then. My feelers went out. Mm -hmm. I was somewhat politically like, "Oh, what's going on geopolitically?" And then it grew and grew and grew. And the more you grow and pay attention, and the more you read history, because we have short attention spans. Mm -hmm. The more you read history and the more you can remember – I can't remember what the fuck we did in New Jersey during those two weeks, but I guarantee you when I, I'll remember when someone said something and then two years later, they retract on it. Mm -hmm. And it's like they're doing that to play the game. Yeah. And it's all a game. It's all what? a show. Yeah. Well, I um, – I, I know how I just went off from atheism no, to politics. No, this, but this is fine. Um, so I've been doing episodes with, with a podcast called The Building Bridges Podcast, and it's a political commentary on various discussions. And um, I was asked to go on by a friend who I would debate politics with online. He's more left-leaning, I'm more right-leaning. But, you know, we were always cordial. We, you know, we're friends, so we still value our friendship over whatever disagreements. So it's like, okay, well, we just don't agree, and we go about our business. So he invited me on his podcast. You mean, you mean like sane people? Pretty much, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, people who are willing to sit down and actually have discourse with you, um, and not not not, and not, not agree, but also realize I don't hate you. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> like a normal, um, like a normal human being. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Not a crazy human being. <laughs> uh, the left. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> we'll get to it. We'll get to it. Don't worry, we got time. Um, this is not. This is this isn't sweating the small stuff either. It's just being confounded by. How social media has completely fucked the psyche of a country, and mm -hmm. I, and I still does. Yeah. The, the the conspiratorial part of me wants to. I have to keep it in check. Feel like it's in by design, but, but uh, one one of our conversations was actually that I think it was one of the first episodes I did with them. They asked for for a topic because every week we kind of try to come up with topics to talk about, and mine was is like what at what point do you consider a politician changing stances to be acceptable. <laughs> and and the reason I said this is because, like, I still believe whether you're old, young, whatever, you're still capable of changing your mind. Yeah. Understand, getting new data, and, you know, I mean, t I know today's society won't exactly seem like it, we're conducive to that, but people can. They can a few years ago it was. Yeah. 
Now it's not. No. But the, the point is, is pe- people can change their minds. They can have a better understanding and they can come up with, well, I was wrong or something so, different. Do you think Ted Cruz instantly had a change of heart or do you th- or do you think he was like, well, yeah, I fucked up big time. I need to try to save face. I think he was saving face, but Ted Cruz is a politician, right? <laughs> um, they call him Flay Cruz. <laughs> For anyone who doesn't know what we're talking but, about, Ted Cruz, who is a senator of Texas during this recent cold snap ice age in yeah. Texas where people were dying and not without food and power, the senator, one of the senators there, he was like, me and my family going to Cancun, and yeah. they rolled out in the middle of it. So, I mean, I, I personally just didn't give a shit. I feel like I, I, I personally didn't care, care either, but I thought it was oh, yeah. fucked up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, it, like, it, it how are you going to do that like, as an elected could, official? Yeah, he should have he stayed behind. You had people and, like Beto O'Rourke, mm-hmm. who's the opposite team. Yeah. He's, the, he's the other side of this well, religion. He, and, and you had people like AOC, what's her name? Yeah, AOC. Raising uh, millions of dollars for Texas, which I'm not on their side either. I don't know much about these people, to be honest with you. No, but, but um, it, it was just it was just messed up. The, that the, the, the point, the, but yeah. I think the problem was is is now that Trump's now that Trump is um quotations out of the picture. No, <laughs> I know that's why I say quotation marks. He's still, he's still the biggest. But, news. <laughs> but the point is, is he he left a void in the news sphere, and people hate Ted Cruz. They've always hated Ted Cruz. And look, I'm not saying he hasn't done stuff that deserves it. What I am saying is that um, the media ran with that story. He has a lot of yeah. He has a Ted Cruz has a lot of power. He's been around for a while, so any chance, any chance that he has to, they have to take power away from him. They're gonna take it. They're gonna take that cruise. So they're gonna take that cruise. Like he took a cruise. We're gonna take a quick intermission, and then we're gonna come back on the cruise. And we are back from. Another bathroom break slash beer break slash smoke break slash feed the cat break. <laughs> Feeding old orange. Yeah. Yeah, we were talking about Flag Cruise, but uh, I want to get off cruise. That's a that's a that's a momentary get off cruise uh, in the in the yeah. But, uh, crazy. Uh, to get back to what I was saying before we went to cruise, um, in the Building Bridges podcast, we we had an episode basically on how how much. Like, at what point do you start holding politicians accountable for their stances? And uh, the whole point was is because, as I said, I do agree that people can change their minds. But it's really hard to believe someone who's had the same position for 30 years. And then as soon as they're now running for president, that that position changes to be a positive benefit for them. When the social tide turns Mm -hmm. and then, then suddenly someone starts squawking a different fucking sound. You need to say that's a that's that's you have to you have to have the wherewithal if you're trying to even pay attention and if you're not if you're trying to live your life obliviously, hey man, more power to you. I mean that that that's fine. I, I don't blame someone who wants to t- turn all this off. Mm-hmm. I at this point in my life I I can and can't. Um, during Trump's reign, mm-hmm. and it was a reign. He he controlled the media, and by controlled I mean. They covered him constantly. Yep. Um, oh, I mean, I'm pretty sure in, in an aspect he can control them because all he had to do is make a stupid tweet, and then yeah, because there are times within his presidency where it was definitely smoking mirrors, and I thought I was going nuts for for a little <laughs> while because because I mean the way he comes off is just 
an idiotic, ignorant person who's egotistical. He comes off as very arrogant. Right? Yeah. Very arrogant with his tweets and everything else. Oh, sure. But then, like, the media would be focused on one of his tweets, and then he would pass, like, a good piece of legislation and through the back door. Mm-hmm. And, like, of course, no one would talk about it because it was actually good. And you're like, what? Did, did he just play us? Like, Well, one of the things during Trump's uh, presidency that no one ever talked about was how hard his, his administration came down on uh, pedophile rings. And I was saying it early on because I noticed it barely, never being covered by the mainstream media, but that it was covered. I, I would check the sources and it would turn out, yeah, no, they're, they're arresting people and busting these whole mm-hmm. operations. And I'm like, wow, that's okay. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, and when it came to Donald Trump, and I, I'm going to state this like I do online all the time when I interact with anyone and it's political. I am not a Trump supporter. I did not vote for Trump either time. Nor did I vote for the Democrat either time. Um, but I call bullshit when I see it. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times, a lot of times, when the media would be saying Trump said XYZ, I would go watch the full uncut version of what he said. Mm-hmm. And I'd be like, that's not what he said. Mm-hmm. And I understood what he meant. There's other times where Trump was a dick and yeah. just said stupid oh, yeah. shit. So I, I, regardless of all that, when it comes to Donald Trump, I really feel like – if he was an agent of chaos that somehow got in there and fucked everything up, then that's proof that somehow we can actually vote people in and it matters. Mm-hmm. But a deeper part of me feels like he's part of it. He's just as much a part of it as anybody else. And he played a great character mm-hmm. to continue the consistent It, it, this is this is the slippery slope when talking about this because you, you want to say your rights are being taken away, but then you still feel free every day you wake up. But notice how socially you're much more in a cage than you were 10 years ago if you're paying attention. Mm-hmm. A lot of people talk about this. Mm-hmm. There's things you cannot say today in a social atmosphere, social environment, social media without getting completely shut down or canceled. Um, and the, the the biggest kickback has come from comedians like Dave Chappelle, Bill Burr, people who I find are uh, prof, modern day prophets mm-hmm. um, who've been who've been attacked or in Louis C.K.'s uh, circumstance taken down for asking permission to do his thing mm-hmm. and got told yes, so he did his thing mm-hmm. and still got canceled, mm-hmm. kind of. I mean, he's back now, but he's working his way back. But he lost a lot of money. He 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 lost a lot of money. He, but and... but but even more so, he lost a, a, a good chunk of his audience, mm-hmm. which are the people that are going to keep keep him sustained. And this, I grew up in a time where you could say faggot and you could say retarded, and they and and everyone knew they didn't mean the bad connotation. Mm-hmm. When you called someone a faggot at school. You were saying that they were being silly or stupid. You weren't comparing them to a gay person. Mm-hmm. When you called someone retarded, they were being silly and stupid. Mm-hmm. They weren't being mentally challenged. Mm-hmm. These were known things. Am I saying it's? Am I sitting here saying it's okay to continue going with that? I, I can't say that I know that that's a hundred percent fact because I won't say the N word. And I think and, that's the only one that. Well. Well, no, it hasn't I, really changed. I mean, if people said it, it's because they were racist. Uh, 
Well, the, the, I, I worked it out of my lexicon a long time ago, and I don't. I'm not. I'm not going to sit here and say I'm colorblind. Obviously, I see a black guy, a white guy. I see mm-hmm. the color of their skin. Mm-hmm. But going back to Carl Sagan, and if you if you believe like I've chosen to believe that the universe is made up of uh, star nurseries that stars explode and all the elements that they cooked inside spread out and then condense again because of gravity and make planets and then life might spring forth from it mm-hmm. due to random what what have you lightning striking amino acids i don't know if we're all star stuff then you're if you're really still sitting here after being able to comprehend and grasp that and you look at someone's skin color and think well that's a different thing that's that's lesser than me you've got a real hang up and you got a lot of a lot of room to grow um to me as a as a human being that that exists in this paradigm mm-hmm. and and has to cope with this reality that you were born into you didn't choose but you can choose on how you look at it man and if you're going to sit there and really think someone who has a darker shade of you, you know their melatonin's higher or whatever it's like dude yeah. you you're barking at the wrong tree but i say the word i said, I said faggot mm-hmm. but i won't say the n word mm mm-hmm. mhm that's because I grew up saying one word and not the other. Mm-hmm. I, I never grew up saying that word. Do I walk around saying that word, the faggot now? No, I don't because I've, I've slowly worked it out of my mm-hmm. lexicon in a common speech Yeah. Um, because it hurts people. Uh, that's not saying that being able to say certain words should be banned or that you should lose your job. That's like the Star Wars chick. Um, what's her name? Uh, Gina something. Yeah, it's not for the C. She got yeah. fired for comparing uh, Republicans to Jews during the Holocaust, as in, and, and let, 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 let's let's expand that mm-hmm. to not just Republicans, but even people like me, who I'm not a Republican. I'm I'm more left leaning than right leaning in a lot of areas, but I still hold opinions. That would make me a alt-right Nazi, mm-hmm. and deserving, deservingly so. I would get punched in the face, according to a lot of left-wing people. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't think that that's man. Like you can't walk around just grouping everyone into these little boxes and then deciding they're complete and utter scum. So the idea of your building bridges podcast that that you're a part of, and this podcast where you're willing to sit down and talk to someone who I mean, we differ on a lot, and I think, I, but we also agree on a lot. I think we differ on a lot more in the past than we do now. Probably so. I think now we're we'd probably be more aligned mm-hmm. than separate. But I think it's also because of the extreme pushback that the niche parts of society have had due to social media, due to a constant news cycle of dread and fear, and everything's bad and nothing good happens today. There's a Bill Hicks bit where he's like, they're on the news telling you that there's war and death and famine and poverty. And you look outside and it's just birds are fucking chirping. The sun's shining. The crickets are a chirping. nice breeze. Yeah. It's like, where's you see all, me running naked, frolicking in the, in the background. It's like, where's all this shit happening? That, man? <laughs> and, 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 and the whole politician bit goes back to George Carlin. Again, these are prophets, man. They're, they're barstool prophets that got up and grabbed the mic. Carlin was sitting there telling everyone about, go look at his bit about politicians. They don't care about you. They really don't. Most of them. And by most, I mean 99%. Mm-hmm. 
there's only been two people I've ever been willing to vote for for a president when I could vote. Mm -hmm. That was Ron Paul, who was a libertarian, mm -hmm. and Bernie Sanders, who's a democratic socialist. Mm -hmm. If you know anything about politics, those are two basically opposite ends of the spectrum. <laughs> but the only reason I would have voted for those men was because I believed in the things – I believed them. I believed that they, they were believed. genuine. Yeah. Um, which even I admit like with Bernie Sanders, who I would not have voted for, but he was genuine with his care about the American people. There's no question about that. I just – his policies were ridiculous to me in, in many aspects, but – the point is... Well, that's because you didn't give them a chance. Yeah, yeah, obviously. I, uh, sat, I sat there cold and alone on the inauguration day. They made memes about it. Okay, I'm, a lot of memes. I'm legendary. <laughs> he is legendary, but... He is, okay. Look, they've got more memes about him than me. That's Trump. I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, not a bad Trump. I mean, I, I got it. I, got, I saw the thermal shift. It's okay. It's, it's you know, <laughs> it's tremendous, really. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to run in four years. He will. He will. He's going to split the Republican Party. Oh, yeah. So I've made a prediction to my dad. I'm going to make a prediction now for time in memoriam. Mm -hmm. There will never be another Republican president. I want to be surprised. We've, I've actually talked about this with uh, Travis O'Connor, a couple other people. If Trump um, succeeds in splitting the party, mm -hmm. then again. Well, it's not just that. It's what the Republicans have done recently, even going back to like the Capitol riot um, <laughs> and, and several decisions. It's like they keep – like the mainstream Republicans keep kicking themselves in the face with every action they do, and you can just see where it's going. We're like, about to lose a lot of listeners on both our shows. You ready? Go for it. Did, this is like the Leonard Skinner song where he says, Watergate did not bother me. Now does your conscience bother you? Did you lose any sleep over the Capitol riots? Uh, my official stance on that when it happened was it, it shouldn't have happened. I thought they were stupid for doing it. I thought the fact that people lost their lives and oh, yeah. I, I don't agree with like wanton destruction and mm -hmm. mass mentality. Um, well, here's my question. Mm -hmm. So I didn't lose any sleep because do I have any long-term like feelings about it. No, I feel like it happened and then it was over with in less than a day. Yeah. And I literally like all it is, all it was was a stupid move. And then, the other side used it as a political means to advance their agenda. Other than that, no, I don't think it was. It had any major connotation. Here's the part of me that calls bullshit when I see it, and people are going to get mad at me, and they're going to say it's not for the same reasons and everything else. Okay, I understand that, but it doesn't take away the actual – like at the end of the day, let's say the only thing that counts is lives lost or affected. Mm -hmm. Let's say that's the only thing that counts because guess what? It fucking really is. So the, all the Antifa riots for mm -hmm. however long that went on where pe businesses got destroyed who were part of the same community that was mm -hmm. destroying themselves, mm -hmm. where people got murdered, people got beat in the streets. Yeah. All of that was okay, but some people who felt their country was being taken from them, and we are told by the Constitution to rise up. Mm -hmm. So put yourself – I'm not sitting here saying I agree with it. No. I'm, I'm, I'm saying to the average person – Put yourself in the shoes of someone who really feels like this is not going to be good for anybody. Mm -hmm. Pretend some of the people there are not racist like you want to say they are. I'm not saying there weren't because there were some racist yes. motherfuckers there. Oh, yes, yes. Definitely. But let's just say there were some that weren't because I'm sure there were some that weren't. Mm -hmm. Well, there were people there that didn't storm the Capitol. They were just there in protest. 
Like a lot of them were there in protest. A lot of people think some of them were agent provocateurs. Again, but I mean, I'm all, and I'm speaking on all of this mm -hmm. on a level of uh, mainstream. Yeah, 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 yeah looking yeah, yeah. at it, yeah. I, I could go deep and say this is all fucky, mm -hmm. and to me it kind of is. But let's let's just be mainstream and average about it. You're gonna sit there and tell me that if if people who follow the Constitution feel like they're going to uh, usurp a corrupt government that or corrupt proceeding because I think they, they didn't mind the government so much as they felt that the vote was corrupt mm -hmm. not the government itself but just the vote the vote process I Let, guess let's say those people really believe that in mm -hmm. their heart they're not supposed to go and try to stop it even though that's part of what America is and, and how do you excuse all of the utter devastation that came before it from the opposite side but the capital riots is somehow now unpatriotic when when mm -hmm. burning down Tre your own city wasn't Tre treasonous is, yeah. is the word that gets thrown around a lot um, I, I got I, I just I really want to reiterate it not a Trump guy not a Biden guy either mm -hmm. I'm looking at all this saying fuck all y'all y'all stupid mm -hmm. to me y'all all dumb well I <laughs> we, we actually agree a lot on this because I've made this argument to people on Facebook or whatever like people who would say it was treasonous and I was like well first off you need to understand it from the people that like from the side of the people who are doing it and what they believe and why they did what they did because they weren't trying to really overthrow the government. If they were trying to do that, they would have did a better job first off. Um, because if they had an actual, con you know, concerted effort to get something done, they would have got, they would have achieved something other than less than a day of bullshit. And then it kind of it squeezed off. But my, my point was, is I, I agree with you, like, okay, with the, with the Antifa riots or the, the BLM or whatever you want to call them, even in those situations, most of the people were just protesting. And then you had your radicals who, who went and took advantage of the situation and stole and looted and mm -hmm. destroyed. And when the, that was happening, I was very vocal how I was against that. And I wasn't against the, the notion of perpetuating the idea that Black Lives Matter or the police brutality aspect of it. You know, they had some solid arguments that they had reasons to feel angry and, and to, to need to protest. And, and I understand all that and I acknowledge all that, but it's unacceptable to go around destroying property. Well, yeah, I, I'm not going to sit here and say that that you're never going to get anything done by not burning something down. Sometimes you got to burn some shit down. Mm -hmm. But what you're burning down matters. It, it, Who it, you're affecting matters. Why not go down to yeah, like uh, to me, like the Capitol riot people did. Why not go down to the government office mm -hmm. and fucking well, fuck shit up? And it, it got brought up because like they're like, well, what about the the police station or whatever? And I was like, honestly, I don't have an issue with you burning down the police station. Like, <laughs> like we'll see if your gripe is with the police and they're corrupt. And this isn't the first, like, there's there's other police stations where they literally got rid of the entire police station because they were all corrupt. And I'm, I'm not against that. But the problem is, is when you're literally burning down your neighbor's house who agrees with you about everything and you you just destroyed everything. And then I had some people who were extremely callous and were like, oh, well, they have insurance. Like, have you ever dealt with insurance companies? Yeah. They, like, some people don't have insurance. Well, they have. They, 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 <laughs> like, there are people that say the means justify the ends, and sometimes they do because you're not going to make an omelet without breaking eggs. I See, I'm, I'm trying to be mm -hmm, sympathetic to both mm -hmm. sides because I am. Mm -hmm. George Floyd getting choked out, I don't care if he was on drugs. I don't care if he was selling drugs. No, that doesn't matter. That man did not need to get choked to death. Yep. It just didn't need to happen. Yep. 
that that however spurred on a movement that has something I'm honestly happy about is fuck racism and anyone who's racist mm-hmm. fuck them yep that's cool but when you have people who just want to ask a question like the whole punch a Nazi in the face thing I would be the Nazi getting punched because I would literally just be asked like I'm saying now if I would talk like this to some of the friends I have that still live in Jersey mm-hmm. they would they would delete me. They would mm. think I'm a piece of shit. Oh, I've got a story for you about that in a little while. But let's let's continue with this for now. Well, it just it it it, it, it makes me feel like it makes me feel like I'm crazy or I'm dealing with a lot well, of crazy. Here's here's my problem with the whole punch a Nazi thing. Um, the issue is is you you be like oh yeah let's let's punch a Nazi okay like if you brought an actual like Nazi Germany Nazi to me <laughs> or even a neo Nazi or or whatever yeah. Okay, I'd, I'd probably punch him, too. I would talk to him. Okay. Maybe. I would. I would talk probably, to him. Be I, like, probably, I probably would. Who's that guy but, that was on Joe Rogan, that black guy that would go go around? Oh, um, fuck. I forget his name. He's he, he's he's converted, like, 300 Nazis to... The KKK, yeah. Or KKK, and, like, even, like, the Grand Wizard, like, and he would become friends with the, them, and then, like, just through perseverance and, like, risking his own life a lot of times. And, and but, but all through just... Talking and listening. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's all it was. Yep. That's all people need to do, yep. guys. We we have it at our fingertips. The power to all a lot get of along. Ignorance, man. A lot of that hate and racism is ignorance. But my, my point is, is even if you can justify punching a Nazi, okay, a Nazi, the, the, the problem with that whole concept was that the bar for being a Nazi, like, didn't really even exist. Like all you had to do was, was be, be white, be white, or be someone who doesn't agree with your ideology, or be a Republican, or my favorite is just wear any kind of red hat at all. It doesn't well, have about, to even be a mega hat. You could have been Fred Durst, and you got punched. Yep. If Fred Durst well, from the from the late nineties would have been walking around mm-hmm. during Trump's presidency, he would have got his ass beat. Yep. Well, there, there's videos of people wearing like a okay, like a fucking Buccaneers hat. Yeah, or yeah, or like an Arizona Cardinals hat, like mm-hmm. a red hat, a, a sports team hat, and like getting fucking like throttled by some random fucking angry Antifa person, mm-hmm. and they like they're like they were a Democrat, you know, like you just punched you know one of your people, and <laughs> because because they wore a red hat, not even a MAGA hat, just a red hat, and and that was my whole point. Like the problem with the left side. Um, was that they kept moving the bar on what a Nazi was, mm-hmm. where it was no longer like it was literally just any dissenting opinion was a Nazi. If you had and a therefore haircut, you, you were a Nazi, and therefore you were justified in hitting everyone that didn't agree with you. I gotta That's say, my though, problem was. living down here mm-hmm. didn't have to deal with that on a day to day basis. Well, no, I mean, it's, but over the internet, I've dealt with it time and time again with, with people who literally will not hear you out. Even if you're trying to engage in an actual conversation so that you can at least be understood, not agreed with, mm-hmm. under just understand me, man. Mm-hmm. Even if at the end of it you're sitting there saying, I still don't agree with you, but at least I know where you're coming yep. from. Like, why can, why, why, why can I do that but you can't? Mm-hmm. Like, I have a feeling a lot of these people too, a lot of the angry people left and right mm-hmm. are people who have nothing better to do. Probably. Nothing Some better are to trolls. Do. Some are just mean-spirited. Um, I've dealt with all sorts. 
if you know the, the listeners have heard me in the past say like my Facebook feed is about half and half of every like it's a little bit of everything, mm-hmm. and I've cultivated it to be that because I That's don't want to be in an echo chamber. Yeah. Um. And a lot of it is ignorance. A lot of it is a stubbornness. They're unwilling to to see any other side. Like they literally just like, my side is the side. There's no other way. And if you believe anything else, you're wrong. Instead of the more American viewpoint, which is like, I don't agree with you, but live your own life as long as you're not hurting anyone else, which is, I guess, more libertarian. But what if, if you know, if we all understand that this country is a melting pot of all cultures, creeds, religions, um, everything. Grand experiment. Grand experiment. Like we are a, literally a melting pot. Then we're going to have to learn. That we may not agree with each other, but we can still live with each other. Well, we, I, I feel I feel kind of like we sort of had that for a little while as a country. For a little while, sure. And then it it then it it just I don't know. I mean, the two party system's a piece of shit. It and 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 when you look into social engineering, <laughs> oh yeah, oh. and 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 you look at what social media does to people, it really echoes <laughs> Goebbels and I mean, look, dude. When 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 you're you and Ricky were talking about uh, religion, I feel like because I was saying politics is the new religion, and I think it is. I think it's the new religion where you pick a side and everyone fucking hates each other and wants to fucking kill mm-hmm. each other over it, mm-hmm. even though we're all fuck the same country. We're all just here on this planet. My ultimate end all, and this is really tangenting, is no borders, no no boundaries, no lines, no flags. Flags are stupid to me. I would love a Star Trek yeah. universe. Yeah, but but I think it's highly unlikely given no the sure, human, sure. The human condition that's why i said i can only care so, up to my great grandchildren i mean yeah. what am i going to do about 100 years from now you'd be dropping acid at 85 300 years. years from now but for, for us to um no you you and ricky were talking about religion i feel like the, the older you get you lose more and more innocence Oh, for sure. And, and and when he talked about losing religion was like a – and he, he couldn't quite get the words. Mm-hmm. I had texted him something while I was listening to it. Oh, okay. Losing religion is like losing another layer of innocence, and the void that leaves behind is a freedom to dictate your own future. Mm-hmm. That's not dictated by someone else's book or someone else's teachings or whatever. Yeah. When you can actually step out of your political paradigm – and realize that you're urgently corporeal at this moment. You're not a Mongolian child during the time of Genghis Khan. Because losing your innocence then meant at fucking five you were hunting and, and, mm-hmm. and, and thrown into battle. Mm-hmm. Like, or combat training. So we're very soft, jelly people now. We're, we're all... I mean, Americans, definitely. Well, most most of the world, even, compared yeah. to the past. Oh, yeah, compared to the past. For sure. Soft, jelly people who are spoiled and complaining mostly america on mm-hmm. that on that level mm-hmm. but it's the hallmark of being a an a, top, a top nation dude everyone has to find something to complain about mm-hmm. that's why you see all this fucking hatred and i think the people that are smart enough to know how to manipulate societies mm-hmm. that have been doing it for hundreds of years who make federal banks that aren't actually federal. Who, <laughs> yep. I mean, yep. you know, I mean, I'm not going to go down the whole rabbit hole, but I do feel like there's a lot of social engineering going on by people who have had, who have had a lot of money invested interest over the last, at least three to 400 years 
mm-hmm. through the Industrial Revolution up until to now that don't want things to go a different way and want to seize more and more and more control. And if you're not paying attention, you're not seeing it happen, and you're just like – you're born into it, so you play the game. Mm-hmm. You step out and you look at it from an overview – you read history. You look at different things. I can't go on this journey for you. You have to do it yourself. It took me years, and even I still don't fucking know at the end of the fucking day, dude. Like I said, I used to be a, a militant atheist, and now I'm a, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I used to have political opinions, and now I'm I'm an I don't know. Mm-hmm. Like, what's going to work best? I don't know. Abortion. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, well, some things I know for sure would is just better. Like, yeah. like a big issue in this country is gay people, trans, whatever. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, dude. As long as you leave children alone, I don't give a fuck what you do. Well, be who you want. I think, if you I think want to be whatever, stance, be whatever, yeah, man. I think my main stance is, is whatever your personal freedom allows you to do, like that's what you can do. You For your go, personal self. Yeah. As long as you're not hurting anyone else, go do it. Um, um, I feel like, you know, on the trans debate, like personally, I think it's kind of nuts. Um, I don't hate them. I'm not transphobic. Like... I want them to be happy. I want them to be whatever they consider themselves to be to reach their maximum potential. The problem I have is when they start forcing it on me. Like, look, if, if you want to go chop your wee-wee off and, and become a woman, that's fine. If you want to get surgery to have a fake dick, that's fine. Whatever you want to do to make yourself happy. But don't try to shove it on me. Don't try to force me to comply to whatever you want me to do. You know, I, when I look at people, I, I have the biological sense of what they are, whether it's male or female. Biology matters. It's backed by science. There's chromosomes. Even the offsets of, of things like hermaphrodites come from the female genome. So, as far as I'm concerned, live your own life, but don't force what you want to be on other people. Now, should they be respectful? Of you, yes. They shouldn't bully you. They shouldn't talk down to you. They shouldn't treat you like shit. I 100% agree with that. But at the same time, you can't essentially try to to oust them from society simply because they refuse to call you she instead of he. Mm. You know, that's their personal stance. And like I said, I'm, I'm, I'm someone who, ironically enough, as I'm religious, like I use a lot of science in how I view things logically. And when it comes to trans people, like scientifically, it doesn't matter how much surgery you get, you're still what you were born as. Well, that's the whole sports debate right now. Is they have old school feminists mm-hmm. who fought for women's rights. Yep. Telling trans women, you are fucking things up in women's sports for women because you're going to come in and win all the records. Why are trans women going to win all the records? Because they used to be men. Oh, don't say that. They've always been women. Okay, well then they were mm-hmm. born in a male body. I'm trying to. I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm yeah, trying. You're to making be, that argument. I'm trying to be kind. Yeah. They were born in a male body, but they are actually a woman in their heart and mm-hmm. in their soul and in their feelings and in their mind. Okay, mm-hmm. cool. But you still got that male body. Mm-hmm. Even if you become a woman now and you've transitioned, you're never going to get away from having that musk uh, that muscular. Yeah, skeletal it's, structure it's, that's going to give you an advantage. Bone density, muscle retention. Um, women are built differently in the legs and hip area normally for childbirth. For childbirth, and that makes a difference also. Uh, but in fighting, it's a huge difference. Well, men got to run. 
Yeah. We were hunters. Yeah, yeah. Look, um, the biological side of it's pretty clear cut any which way you want to look at it. I mean, there, there are variations, but those are small subsets. You're talking about a 0.001% of the human population. And, and I, for me personally, mm-hmm. none of that's an issue. Mm-hmm. If, 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 uh, if trans women or women, if they just want to be called women, want to go and get into women's sports and women allow it or uh, the other women – See, I don't know what to, I don't know how to say this. Nice. I just, if, if that's what happens, then that's what happens. And I'm not going to sit there and con- try to control if, it. If, if, a, if a person tells me on a personal level, mm-hmm. hey, man, I'd really rather it if you called me whatever. Bob. Or, 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 or whatever the pronoun is. Mm-hmm. If they ask me that, mm-hmm. I'm going to oblige them. I would. And, if they ask me to, sure. Yeah. To expect me to go around. I, I, nothing has ever been like this before, mm-hmm. and, and and it's like, well, what am I supposed to suddenly do now? Like tiptoe around everyone? Because, dude, guess what? Most of the people I'm around, they, you don't got to do that. Yeah. So, well, and you lose sight of the fact that like trans people are a very small demographic, also. But that, well, that so like you don't really come across it very often. Well, is just, what I'm saying. Just to so. say, just to say though, give people who aren't used to it mm-hmm. more time than a day mm-hmm. or a week or a month or a year give society time to catch up to changing social norms instead of trying to immediately call everyone who can adapt in a nanosecond a piece of shit scumbag because mm-hmm. guess what we're not we're well, just not used to suddenly I, being i still think that the debate rages on whether or not like and I'm not talking about people who are actually transphobic and they're just hateful pieces of shit. I'm talking about if you're a scientist and you're dealing with this and you're looking at the scientific data, like trans people are an abnormality compared to the norm to a big extent, if you want to look at percentages. And the biology still dictates that whether they're transitioning to whoever, they're still where they were born. So, like, if I'm looking at it from a purely scientific point, like, it doesn't matter how you feel in your brain. Mm-hmm. Your biology is one way. Mm-hmm. And having surgery, you can alter some of those things, but I can look at your DNA, and that's going to tell the tale. Yeah. And what is that ultimately for, though, to say it? Like, what does that really ultimately do? Well, I've heard Shapiro do all this. but Well, what, I, I what, haven't heard his, his current He says whatever, the same but, thing. He's like, well, well, I mean, facts I'm, I'm don't saying, care about your feelings. I'm saying but what ultimately does that gain you? To say that to somebody, is it going to stop an argument? Is it going to stop? No, but if that's if that's how you view the the world, though, like what I'm saying is, it doesn't make you a piece of shit to view the world from a scientific standpoint. Are you a piece of shit for saying, look, you're a man, regardless of what you do, you're still a man. Like, I'm sorry, that's how I view you. Are you are you arguing that so you can prove a point, though? Like, as in the sports debacle. Okay, well, in sports it's different, but also in relationships. Okay, so like the sports. Physically, even if you've transitioned, you will have that male body, and you will always have an upper hand on 99% of the women you compete against in the same body size last week, okay? Which has been acknowledged by women. Which has been acknowledged by women, and even some trans people, too. Um, Yep. And from what I've heard, the only way to really solve that issue is to have a trans league, like a trans division, which – but that defeats the purpose because trans people think they're either woman or man. Mm-hmm. So by creating a separate entity, you're you're Further denying excluding. you're denying yeah you're excluding them and denying what they want to be. But the point is, is no matter which way you look at it, 
from both a practical and a scientific aspect, they are not, you know, trans women aren't, aren't physically women. I wonder why they haven't gone after sports yet then in general. And who's they? I'm not saying well, they like trans people. I just mean they like the people that would go after it. I wonder why they haven't just gone some after Some have, though, but this is why some 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 divisions in high school or college have allowed trans women to start competing in women. Without, there's a lot of records being broken right now by trans women. Mm. A lot of rec- weightlifting records, speed records, races, wrestling, all kinds of stuff. And we're sitting there and we're going like, well, yeah, because you have the body of a man and you're competing against women. And and like okay so like well, one of the, it's it's like Dave Chappelle said if women were good enough to play in the NBA they would. would not be no WNBA exactly I mean well, look, dude, okay so it sounds fucked up but it's but it's also it's the way need, it was you need to be realistic and practical about it though like and and understand that just because I'm I'm listing truths doesn't mean I'm transphobic and that's part of the problem is we can't talk about what's real because the second I mention something that's real that you don't like you call me transphobic. I think I think uh, I think what it is is there needs to be a context given because if you if you the general you yeah. just says facts about biology you come across as like you said callous or whatever mm-hmm. so have a context to relate it to if we're talking about sports I think that's a good example where you can use science to say look guys and gals and and everyone mm-hmm. else if you don't if you don't agree with the breakdown of it from a scientific standpoint then i don't then i don't know what kind well, of person you are are you just are you just someone who is like well emotions trump everything mm-hmm. so but that's the whole problem with the whole trans argument is is if you're literally arguing how someone feels versus what their actual biology this is this is this is this is the right? type of debate Though I'm, I'm just saying mm-hmm. now, like abortion, mm-hmm. this is the type of debate yeah. that will never yeah. end. I think this is, has more science behind it than abortion does, because you have like the sports scene where there's no argument there, there, really well, there. Like this is how it is; either you accept it or you don't. Now we could we can come to a conclusion on how to handle it. I don't that's, think we will. I mean, I feel like either sports is going to go away, which that's probably not going to happen. But you 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 sure? A lot of people turn their back on the NFL when when the NFL went left leaning. I think the only reason the NFL is not thriving right now is because of COVID. Because all the people who are like, I'm not watching the NFL because of what Drew Brees says, they all watched it. They do? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, wow. I, it's a whole lot of blowhearted like bullshit. Well, either either sports but, is going to end or they're going to create a different league. They're not. I don't think I, they're going to. I think they'll create a, di- a different division eventually. Is what'll happen. But that's the sports debate. The whole trans debate. The whole. That that whole thing is never going to have a solid conclusion, ever. Which is, I mean, it's whatever. That's fine. I think the problem is, is if someone doesn't conform to what a trans person wants them to conform to, doesn't necessarily mean they're a shitty person. No, um, I, well, I agree with that. Now, if they're being a shitty person, that's different. Like, I, I'm, I'm I, saying you can be a shitty transphobic piece of shit, and and like I said, like look. I, it doesn't if matter you're who you the are. type of person that goes up to someone like, "Hey, lady boy, yeah. nice Adam's apple cunt," then yeah. you're an asshole. That's fucked up. It's fucked up. You shouldn't bully them. You shouldn't treat them like shit. Like no. they're humans. They have a right to do whatever they want. It's just like someone who gets a face tattoo, splits their tongue, decides to call themselves an alien. Is it kind of weird? <laughs> sure. Like, is it off-putting? Sure. But look, that's their freedom to do. And I'm not, you know. In my life, I've been hit on by men, 
women, and transgender mm-hmm. people. Mm-hmm. And every single situation I've encountered it, or uh, I've encountered it and then reacted the same exact way, except for a few women. Mm-hmm. Oh, thank you. Mm-hmm. But, you know, no. Nah. Mm-hmm. Hope you have a good night or whatever. There are some people out there that will get angry. Yep. And will actually want to physically strike a person for simply putting themselves out there mm-hmm. and trying to make a connection. Yeah. And I'm like, so you you hear everything else we've been talking about, but I want you to focus on what I just said. I've been hit on by different people of different orientations. And every single one of the, those those encounters has been dealt with with the same reaction. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Not mm-hmm. or fuck you or whatever, because that's not how you go about, man. Like that goes back again to we're all star stuff. We're all the same thing experiencing this life through different eyes, but we're all the same thing. We're just different. We're just different versions of the universe observing itself to me. Yeah. And to 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 walk around hating someone for just observing things differently and having a different perspective, as long as they're not hurting anybody else, you know, it's 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 not a big deal. Mm-hmm. Okay. We'll take a break, people, and we'll be back real quick. All right, we're back, folks. Uh, sorry for the the quick intermission. We had a phone call and more alcohol and more peeing and more smoking, more smoking. So. You know, human bodily function things. Um, just to sum up what we're talking about, basically, just just don't be addicted to trans people. Yeah, it's all you know. Whether or not you agree or disagree, whatever, just, just try to be a nice person, and that, and that counts for pretty much all people, not just marginalized groups. But I mean, you know, help them out in their struggles. But just, just be nice to people. Like we were saying earlier, just go to the person next to you and be nice and then see how far the ripple goes. Even if it doesn't extend to the whole world, guess what? You're not going to change the world by yourself. Mm-hmm. So just man, as I know, cliche as a I mean, I know you're not religious, but I honestly do feel like whatever good you put into the world will come back to you. Oh, I don't think that's a religious thing. Well, I'm just saying. If you're nice, if you smile at someone, mm-hmm. nine times out of ten they smile back. Mm-hmm. So, if yeah. you do a kind thing, or you're just being kind, that you hold the door open for someone, you what, whatever, whatever yeah. the case may be, you, you give a homeless person twenty bucks. Mm-hmm. You don't know what you just did. You don't mm-hmm. know what they went and do with it. Well, it doesn't I, matter. I think they've done some scientific studies on like plants and stuff, where like one plant they would like give positive encouragements to, and the other one they would treat like shit. And like the ones with positive encouragements would actually grow more. Oh shit! Yeah, you know, they and play stuff like certain that. music for the plants yeah, too. They do that too. Yeah. So maybe there is actual like scientific data to show that like the more positive you put into the world, the better uh, you know enforcement it has on it. So uh, don't be dickheads. Don't be dickheads is is the lesson. If Trevor named his episodes <laughs> other than the names of the uh, guests. Mm-hmm. This one would be called Don't Be Dickheads, but you can't spell that on iTunes, so it would be Don't Be D with that little star. Dickheads. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I hate those. Yeah? I just... I never... I know. You want the whole word. Yeah. Like, if if, if if I know what it is, then you defeated the purpose of, of trying to censor it. 
You yeah. see what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, that's my the, kid, you could look at that and be like, oh, yeah, that's dick, even though it's not spelled. Like, they still understand. Then, like, you, you didn't do a good job of censoring it. That's the funny thing behind the Louis C.K. bit of the N-word. He's like, if you mm-hmm. say the N-word, you're making the person who who's heard it say it in their head mm-hmm. to fill in the blank. Mm-hmm. So you're making them be racist. <laughs> It's true. Yeah. It's comedic yeah. gold. Oh, yeah. That's, that's awesome. That's what we have to do is laugh at the stupidity of human existence. Because guess what? None of this matters. We're all Neanderthals. We're all just ants. Mm. Fucking looking up at the... We're all animals. Looking up at those tiny points. I don't know what they mean. We're just atoms, bro. Or a bunch of atoms. Made of atoms. Made of atoms. Trying to snort atoms. Sometimes you snort them. Sometimes you smoke them. Sometimes you shoot them up, dr- legalize all drugs. Legalize all drugs. All right. I don't know. <laughs> At least decriminalize them. Quit, quit sending people to jail for it. I guess is is the best way to to say that. Like, quit arresting people for for having a habit or want to do recreational stuff. Or just trying to unwind and not do any. Like, well, I think my problem is is like you're gonna let people smoke cigarettes, but like weeds the. Like, well, that's that's where that, you draw the that line. That goes back to the vested interest oh, true, of things true. we were okay. born into. I talked about that. Like, well, and what even, I was saying earlier, yeah. is we were born into a system of people who have vested interests in things that are outside of us, and we have to then conform within that system. You need to buy paper from wood, <laughs> and not hemp products. Therefore, weed is bad. It's the devil's lettuce. Mm-hmm. And, and for anyone who's listening, if you don't know, go research why. Marijuana, or was he it, like marijuana is actually a made-up term? Yeah. By these people, yeah, who s- specifically sought out getting rid of cannabis and getting rid of hemp because they owned paper, News- yeah, newspapers, newspapers and paper mills. It was, it was it was one guy in particular um, who led this campaign. Well, he did a good job of it, apparently, because oh, him and a lot of other people who had. Vested yep. interest. That means yep. money in places. My money. Yeah. Money, well, money, money, money. I, I want to get off. Trump. Yeah. I'm pretty <laughs> sure that was his. Shame wasn't that man. the song to The Apprentice? I don't know. Was but it? I, I didn't watch it. Like the money, it. money, money. I didn't watch it. But I know Shane McMahon's theme song was money, 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 money. Oh, okay. When he'd yeah. come out on wrestling. But I want to get away from politics and um and religion and all that. Mm. And I want to uh I want to go back to us and where we are now the things we're doing because you know after new jersey after living there for five years growing as a person you miss people you come back home and then in my case i start a family and perspective shifts again dreams shift again and become new dreams and my creative outlet shifted from music to podcasting a lot to do with kevin smith who i mentioned earlier and more so to do with his friends tell him steve dave um best podcast in the world funniest it's amazing start from the beginning episode zero and even within that you have to go down so many other avenues you got to hear the zoom episodes which were the first overkills you have to subscribe to the patreon you have to, to get all the jokes you really have to start from the beginning. Same thing with the nightclub, which is my podcast, and tell them Steve, Dave, and 
shows like Coast to Coast AM, Monster Vision back in the day on TNT with Joe Bob. Mm-hmm. That's all the inspiration goosebumps yep. we talked about way earlier. Mm-hmm. Started my love of horror and well that didn't but that was part of it. Yeah. Also just the, the movie of, of appreciation because I I think one of the things that that drove me to have a critical eye when watching movies was like you and Hunter uh going watch movies or watching movies at your house in my mood. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I mean, I always enjoyed watching movies, but actually having a, a critical eye, actually understanding, you know, the different methods of creating a movie and film and everything else. I mean, that all led you to here too, because that's part of the horror thing is the appreciation of, of the creation of, of these movies and everything that goes into making them. It's a lot of moving parts. It's a lot of people. It's a lot of inspiration. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of hard work. And Signs was the first movie that did that for me, where before Signs, I enjoyed f- movies just for entertainment. Signs, when I saw it in theaters in 2002 or three, opened the critical eye and the analyzing eye. That can And th- that type of exposure mm-hmm. and that type of thinking helped me in other avenues in life later mm-hmm. but and and people people could like call being a film buff or being a cinephile or whatever the fuck you want to consider me frivolous and if you want to be real about it very real about it yeah it is movies don't really mean anything if you strip away all of the pleasantries of our society but since we live in this time and art is appreciated and held high then I feel like I am where I need to be as a human being in my appreciation of said art, of film, of music. Because I'm, I'm a musician too. I, I know we kind of touched on that, mm-hmm. but I still play. I still write. Um, it's all for my own personal enjoyment at this point. Yeah. But so is the podcast to an extent. I do want to grow it, but only to grow it to where I'm talking to the type of people I want to talk to. And the horror community is inclusive while also not dealing with bullshit mm-hmm. for the for some part there's still little bubbles within it that conform to mainstream well, society uh, like the slasher app mm-hmm. you know i'm on there and i constantly every, i feel like every day i have to accept friends requests yeah because uh, there's constantly someone and you know a lot of it is someone trying to plug their sometimes their thing you know and that's fine and i've checked like there's a couple like uh yeah, I've only got so much attention span. Like I, I get the, I have, because um, I run the nightclub. Um, I I created it, and you know Angel and Ricky are the co-hosts, but I run it, I edit it, I I do all the social media stuff for it, and I enjoy doing all of that a lot. Uh, that's the whole reason I started doing it was because I wanted to make something, to have people that want to help me make it. Like back in the day with the band, mm-hmm. I'm a lot less assertive now, and I give a lot more. Creative control. Mm-hmm. Frank Esposito taught me that. Um, but at the at the end of the day, it's still my thing, mm-hmm. and I, I'm still trying to create a certain. Uh, I don't want to call it a product because I'm not selling it. It's free, mm-hmm. and until it reaches a certain point, if it ever even does, which I have no plans on it reaching that point, it's going to remain. The main show is going to remain free. Mm-hmm. If I ever get to a point where I have enough downloads that i can branch out mm-hmm. then cool i'll make a patreon and i'll give dude i've got ideas like fun ideas that for people who really pay attention to the show mm-hmm. as as like listeners and 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 people who enjoy it 
they'd get a lot out of it if I ever could uh, have the means to do the things I want to do. But right now, the podcast, the nightclub, that's my expression. That's my that's my distraction mm-hmm. from the bleak, shitty reality of the world. And yeah, we incorporate the cosmic indifference, mm-hmm. and it is a running joke. Mm-hmm. But it's more than a joke. Oh yeah, definitely. It's 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 a real it's a real way to look at the world whenever you're feeling down. You you gotta just you gotta just be like Carl from Aquatine and be like, it doesn't matter. None of this matters. Every once in a while, man, you really need a you, you need that you need that sometimes. And I feel I feel like. Where I'm at now with my family, my job, my hobbies. Who doesn't want more? Mm-hmm. But if this was it until the end of my days, mm-hmm. I'd be very happy with it. Mm-hmm. Very happy making mm-hmm. the thing I enjoy. That's a good point to get to in your life. Uh, I'm kind of there too. I mean, okay, but you know, anyone who's listened long enough knows, like, you know, my goal in life is to be a, a dad, a husband. Had the family life like that. I mean, that was my my main driving force. And then now that I have it, like I mean, I work. I try to, you know, I think money's probably the 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 thing on the totem pole. But honestly, it's just raising my kids. It's being a good husband. Like those are my my main goals on a day to day basis. Um, and you have to incorporate those things into your life if you have kids. I mean, I mean, if you're any bit worth of of a human being. Uh, I, even though even though I've been saying we're born into this game, but you know what? The difference between being born into it and knowing how to play it is big. And if you want to play it and you're going to have the family deal, we all want companionship. We all want lifelong memories. We all want to continue because it's evolution. Mm-hmm. You continue your, 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 your breed. You have your kids. But it goes down to a deeper level. The love, the real love, and like I was telling Trev, for me as a human being, and I've, I've had to grow to learn, like I've had to grow to learn this about myself, guilt and regret drive me. I will feel guilty, and I will regret if I don't do what I need to do for my family and my kids, and the fear of that regret and that guilt drives me Every day to not be a piece of shit. Not that I would by default. Yeah. I've always been a worker. I've always done what I had to do. I've had down points. Yeah. But they were few and far between. Mm -hmm. And usually they coincided with some cataclysmic emotional upheaval in my own life. Like my mother dying all of a sudden. Or (laughs) sudden dramatic shifts in my social paradigm that put me in my place with other friends. So there's been different things that, that shaped me and molded me. And when you come out the other side of that, it's, it's left up to you whether or not you're going to continue to play the game or separate. Mm-hmm. Most people, most people continue. And if you do continue, then give it your all mm-hmm. or well, try to. I also think it, I mean, if you're staring down the barrel of oblivion, I'm pretty sure you want to um, enjoy or make the best of the life that you have. 
you know. Mm. That depends. It does. But I think most people, most decent people anyway. Well. That's that's their goal. Like, well, if this is the only life I have to live, then I'm going to live it. I'm going to try to make the best of it. You know. And some people are held back by a lot of different things. Oh, there's there's a ton of bullshit in everyone's life. Like, I'm not I'm yeah. not trying to discount people who have depression or, or had bad things oh, happen to them. Oh, not even that. Or, I'm talking about someone even like me. Like, let's say I'd ever want to really, really, really pursue the podcast thing. Mm-hmm. I can't. And I'm okay that I can't. Mm-hmm. But I'm saying factually, I can't. I have other responsibilities that I have to now place in front of personal goals and, 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 and dreams or whatever whatever those dreams shift into. Mm-hmm. But that's what I'm saying. There's new dreams now. My new dream is to, when I'm old, know that my kids had a good childhood. Mm-hmm. Like my dad knows now. He's asked me a few times. And every time he does, I, I'm like, dude, I had the best child. Like I cannot – I'm like, if I didn't <laughs> – We'll be hanging out, man. And I'm like, if I didn't love you, why would I have tried to get you on where I'm working at? Mm -hmm. Like why – you know, and not that he's – he knows I love him. It's not that he – but like any human being, you're you're, you're wanting a little bit of – did I do good? Mm -hmm. Did I do a good job? Yeah. Like in my role, in my life, did it amount to anything? And I'm hoping at the end of – like the end of all this, if I get to an old age, hopefully – that my kids will be like, thank you, dad. You know, you, we had a great life. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, 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 and we remember this and we love this and yeah, that time sucked, but everyone's got those times mm-hmm. that sucked. Well, I mean, I say it all the time. Adversity breeds character. We all, we all go through some shit and coming out the other side. I mean, it gives you an appreciation for the good stuff. So, you know, it's part of life. I think, I think everyone at some point has their own crucible. Mm. You know, even the richest of people, even the most privileged, like, I think they all have their own crucibles. I mean, some people handle it differently. Maybe my crucible is worse than yours or yours is worse than mine. I'm not, you know, why compare those things? If it's your crucible, it's your crucible. Yeah. You know, it's important to you. So I was saying, were you born in America in the year 1999 or were you born during Genghis Khan's Mm -hmm. reign as a fucking... You know, your version of life is going to be very different from everybody else's, even at the same time as you. Mm-hmm. Even at the same time you were born. If you were born in Mamu, Louisiana, like I was, versus being born in Papua New Guinea mm-hmm. at the same time, yeah, our lives are <laughs> very different, drastically yeah. different. I want to take this this opportunity to flip the script. Okay, let's go. Was there was there anything? at all that you wanted to know ask uh you were curious about podcast related personally related anything at all because for me i just wanted to be on the show i was just i, I, I like listening to it i like what the yeah, conversations yeah, yeah. go i like how free form it is um but i've uh I, coming into this, I thought this might might maybe be your most controversial episode because mm-hmm. because I know how opinionated I can be, but I'm hoping I I left a I hope I left a taste in the listeners' ears in their ear holes of someone who 
actually like I care, but 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 I'm also gonna be like, huh. But you know, what about the other side of this thing? I, I like I like I like both sides to have mm-hmm. to have a, 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 a their time in the sun. I gotcha. I gotcha. And I don't mean left and right. I just mean opposing opinions. I like an exchange of ideas. I'm on a horror podcast. I'm on two of them where we don't always agree, but we always leave friends. Why can't we do that with everything if we can do it with fucking horror movies? Because guess what? It's all as important as that. I think you could. I, I don't know. It, the variations in, in people in general, you're, you're going to find that one person that you're diametrically opposed to. Oh, yeah. Uh, you can still we, be nice to each other, but, like, I mean, I've come across a couple of those people where no matter how hard I try, there's just there's nothing I could do to, to make that situation what it was. The person was just an asshole. <laughs> they didn't like me, and I didn't even know why they didn't like me. I didn't do anything to them, but I've got they just made that decision where they're like, no, I don't like you. I've got two people that I can say in my life. I won't name them, but I've got two people in my life that I'm like, wow, you literally like me for no reason. Don't like me for mm-hmm. no reason. Yeah. No justifiable reason. And I, I, try to, I always try to give people the benefit of the doubt, even if they rub me the wrong way initially. Like even if I have like this gut feeling like they're a piece of shit, I'm like, no, no, don't, don't think that. Like, mm-hmm. give them a chance. You probably don't know, which is accurate because I probably don't know. <laughs> you know, uh, they'll they'll turn out to be Russell Crowe and unhinged. Oh shit! <laughs> <laughs> you never know who you fucking with, boy. Fuck, don't fuck with him, bro. Should have gave me a courtesy tab. You ain't seen it yet. No, you gotta no. see it. Oh yeah, is, is that good? <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, I'm gonna have to do that then. If I get the gist of what you're saying, though. <laughs> don't fuck with people, man, because you don't know what someone else is dealing with on a day to day basis. It's the moral of that story. Don't fuck with Frank Underwood, bro. Frank Underwood. Yeah. Kevin Spacey. Yeah. Have you seen House of Cards? I'm, I'm oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, don't fuck. Like, the entire time watching it, like, man, why are you fucking with Frank Hunter? Don't fuck with him. He's the, he's the guy you don't want to fuck with. Don't fuck with Walter White. Oh, shit. Yeah, you're right about that. Damn, bro. Best TV show of all time. Don't. Don't fuck with John Wick's dog. No, don't fuck with John Wick's dog. Don't do John Wick's dog. That's the worst thing you can do. The dude will kill everyone. Don't fuck with Robin. <laughs> don't do it. Batman's coming for your ass, Batman's boy. Coming. So many things you cannot fuck with because you're going to get the fucking the bull and the horns. Mm. We're going off everywhere. That doesn't matter. I mean, just don't fuck with those badass people who don't fuck you. <laughs> don't fuck I with Putin. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> On a personal level, maybe a, Man. a military level. That's maybe. one cat I would like to sit down and have a discussion with. I don't... I feel like it would I, never happen. But. I feel like if I get to ask him what I'd really want to say, though, I'd get killed. Probably. Yeah. I would. Yeah. I wouldn't filter. Like, I'd be like. Oh, I wouldn't talk to him. Bro. I wouldn't talk to him. Uh-huh. Nah. I got. I'm saying I would like to have a conversation. I don't think a conversation would be feasible if or smart. If but. I'm guaranteed no death and no harm and no ill repercussions, mm-hmm. guaranteed mm-hmm. somehow. Even then, I'd be like, nah, you know what? No. Because that, a guarantee is worthless in this world. It really yeah. is. It It's, I don't know. Unless I, you know the person. It's it's weird because, like, I, I hate a lot of the things Putin does. But he, some of the things he does is very respectable. 
I got no opinion on Putin other than fuck messing with that guy. He was former KGB. I'm not dealing with that, man. man. People people have gotten disappeared. Yeah. For show. For show. For show. Got disappeared for show. <laughs> Getting that for show. <laughs> Shit. No, well, um, no, so nothing. That's a little, uh, I don't have personal questions. Um, well, no, anything, anything. Let's see. What do these people want to know about old T Boo from the Nightclub Podcast? Hit us up on oh, fireside.fm slash the nightclub. You can reach out and touch pure evil using our email. The nightclub podcast at gmail.com. Find yeah. us on Instagram, Stitcher, Spotify, yeah. Our Heart Radio, yeah. Apple Podcasts. Uh, send yeah, that's send the Joe Blow Horror Show a bunch of pictures of your dick via email. Yeah, uh, Joe Blow Horror Show at gmail.com. Send all the dick pics and, and, and uh, all the, the subjects, titles have to be Boss Tuna. Look at this amazing new movie that's coming out and just send all of them just, over there. Yeah, make sure it's a zombie. Just say, look at this amazing zombie movie. That's right. You got to be like, look at this zombie. It's crazy, dude. And tell them that T-Boo sent you. Because <laughs> I co-host the uh, the Joe Blow Horror Show with Boss Tuna, who created it. And uh, he used to have a former co-host. And then when whenever uh, he needed an, a new guy, he contacted me. And I've been happy and grateful and having a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Being the co-host on that show, so Joe Blow Horror Show, send them your dick pics. Send them your dick pics. And that's right, your zombie dick pics. It's crazy. I started like it's crazy how things transpired because so I went on I went on your podcast and and that gave me the bug I guess, um, but I had already been thinking about it. But I think it was just watching. You've been mean, thinking about it since back when we used to get together and have. Um, Political mm-hmm. conversations mm-hmm. with a group, the, yep. great, the great American yep. debates, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. for for a long time. And uh, after seeing, I don't know. I mean, you 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 have your podcast running basically with a phone and, a, and an editing program. You know, seeing that it wasn't as complicated as I thought it was be because you know when you look at podcast equipment and stuff, it's very daunting because it's expensive. Sure. Um, but then you find out like, look, you can make do with what you have around the house. Yep. You just got, maybe you have to be creative. Um, but you can get it done. I mean, I'm working with an old laptop and a mic I got off of Amazon for 25 bucks. You use your phone and a free editing and then what, yep. uh, you pay for fireside. Maybe I pay $19 a month mm-hmm. for but you get the website. I get a website. Uh, I get my own domain. I get to edit it mm-hmm. to a certain degree. I, I've got header images as well as episode images. Yeah, yeah, I, I, yeah. I can do so much mm-hmm. with it. Mm-hmm. And um, so I got finally. So I was like, okay, well, if it, I mean, it, it doesn't seem like it'd be too too bad. So I was like, okay, so what what can I use or do? So initially, it was my phone. Like I was gonna do the phone route, and I was like, well, fuck, I got my laptop. See if I can get it working. And the thing about this laptop is, is the the charge port is uh, loose. Um, when when my daughter was younger, like she knocked it off of a desk and oh. it landed on the charge port. So like the glue that holds it in place knocked it out. So you have to keep it plugged in to keep it on. Pretty much. Yeah. Well, it fucked up the original power pack, so I had to buy one. Which this is a Radio Shack one, which Radio Shack doesn't exist anymore. No. 
I think, for the most part. I don't, yeah. Maybe there's one, like there's one blockbuster left. Yeah. Maybe there's In one Alaska. Radio Shack somewhere. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, so I got the new power pack. I had to take this thing apart just to get to, to where it plugged in, push it back there, plug it in, and then just don't fuck with it. Damn. And that's how I, I, I roll. Um, but it works. Yeah. And that's mostly what I use. It. I, I watch stuff on the laptop too, but I can't game on it like I used to. Well, mine's mine's a new one. So, and it's all it's used for is podcast stuff. Mm-hmm. So I've got notes on there, music, all kinds of different shit. And um, yeah, I use my phone because uh, the podcast does not make me money. So so far, I have not put yeah. other than my domain. Mm-hmm. I have not put any money into the show. Well, renting. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I've put some money into the show, but not for equipment. Which, yeah. if I ever get, like I said, if I ever get to that number. Whatever that magic number is, because mm-hmm. my show does all right. Um, I'm small potatoes in a in a big niche pond. Yeah, but I I have a decent number of listeners, which is odd because none of them ever, aside from a few people in the horror circles that I constantly travel in on mm-hmm. Facebook or Instagram. For the amount of numbers that I have of people that actually download the episode, mm-hmm. none of them that are people I don't know respond okay. to anything. I gotcha. And I'm like, who are these hundreds and man. hundreds of people that are just listening and not ever saying anything? I wish I had a hundred people. <laughs> It'll. Get, I mean, I don't oh, start with a hundred oh, people. I'm not. Well, here, here's the thing. Like, I all all it really takes is like one other person to listen to this podcast, and I'll just keep going with it. You know, <laughs> yeah, I want more people to listen. Don't get me wrong, but like, I'm doing this because I enjoy it. Um, it's fun. I like the dialogue and, and the people that do listen, like you and others, like they appreciate it and they like it. So that's fine. So like my my you know my downloads will range anywhere from like 60 to like 12 to 15 on some episodes. It just I think it just depends on the people. So I guess maybe some people are more interested than others. I, I think don't know. I think you'll get a little bit of traffic from yeah. this one. Probably so. Hopefully. I hope so. Um, I mean, I'm gonna plug it. Yeah, yeah. So. I appreciate that. Um, and, and like I said, it'll grow. Like I'm just gonna keep making episodes, and eventually it'll grow. And as far as the money side, like I pay a little bit for like my domain that I use, mm-hmm. and and um, the uh, like the auto uh, tuning that I have or whatever. But that's it. Like I pay for the mic, and I pay the monthly charge, and the enjoyment I get out of doing the podcast, like it's already kind of just paid for itself in that aspect. Because I mean, if I go watch a movie, like I'm going to spend $20 doing that. And that's a two hour movie. I can do one, three hour episode and I already yeah, got my value back more than that movie yep. for the month and th- for the charge that I pay for my domain. So like, the money's not a big issue. It it would be nice if I could break even and not have to, you know. But I'm kind of like you. Like, I'm not pushing to make money on this. Like, I'm not at that point yet. And it's not, like, my goal isn't to get rich off of this. My goal is to, to enjoy this and have conversations. Like, mm-hmm. that's my main goal. Now, if along the way it gets super popular, fine, yeah, I'll monetize it. But that's not, like, that's not what it, in my brain, you know, it's not my concern. I like that. My my main goal was to meet like-minded people, mm-hmm. which I have so far, and I've been able to. I've been lucky enough to interview like the director of 2016's yeah, Black cool. Mountain Side. I, I think I kind of fangirl over that kind of shit, though. 
you know, like you're getting these people who are actually done these things and made these movies. And yeah. like, I watch those movies, yeah. you know, and I'm yeah. like, fuck, this is awesome. Oh, it's crazy. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm like, because in my mind, shit like that would never happen, you know. <laughs> but it is. Well, I was married by Kevin Smith. Yeah, well, that's true. So that's true. But but that's not to say that you still don't pinch yourself. Like when I reached out to Nick Shostakovsky, the director of Black Mountain Side, and I was like, I don't even know if this is going to him. But mm-hmm. I sent a message, and I'm yeah. like, Hey, man, blah blah. And it was a long thing, but and then he responds, and he's so open, and I'm like, Oh shit, I just got to talk to people. That's yeah. all that. That's all it me, and that's all it was with Kevin Smith. I just asked. Yeah. And he and it happened. Yeah. Sometimes everyone out there, just ask. The worst that can happen is someone says no. If they're gonna be ugly about it, well then you know what, you're better off mm-hmm. getting that response. But the worst that can happen is they say no. Yeah. You ever want to try something, do something, just go try it. Mm-hmm. Do it. And even then, you got you understand, like, maybe they're busy or, like, you know, scheduling. Yeah, Paul Ellers. Yeah. The guy from Mad Men, he couldn't be on the show. Uh, Don Coscarelli never replied, but he's Don fucking Coscarelli. He's bigger yeah. than, you know, some of the people I would try to talk to. But we have a upcoming guest on the nightclub, Jarek Thibodeau, who's in Golgothan and Father Rust. And he has a popular YouTube series called Bayou to Ties. Um, we're going to be having a Canadian horrorcore rapper on the show, Poltergeist OD, who's big on Instagram and stuff and YouTube. And he, he's very talented and he raps about horror exclusively and he's really fucking good. So meeting new people and, 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 and expanding to this level, this small level, but still this level of talking to these, these folks in this community was part of the goal. And the other part of it is to artistically create something that I'm proud of mm-hmm. because doing music is a collaborative effort for the most part. If you want to have a band and I'm not a drummer, yeah, I can play bass, guitar, keyboards, whatever, sing, sing, mm-hmm. vocalize. I can vocalize. I can't play drums. So other than learning how to program a drum machine, I'm kind of fucked when it comes mm-hmm. to making music. So, Combining horror, something I've loved since I was a kid, thanks to Joe Bob Briggs, Monster Vision on TNT, and now it continues on Shutter with the last drive-in. Get Shutter if you love horror; it's a great app. It's five bucks a month. If you love horror, you're fucking around if you don't have Shutter. I have um, Shutter. It's awesome. It's fucking awesome. Joe Bob season three starts in April. Okay. Yeah. So, um, doing horror, a horror podcast, and getting to talk about spooky shit, dark shit. Mm-hmm. crazy fucked up shit that's always been I've always had a dark sense of humor yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, all that stuff so the nightclub is is a great artistic expression for me and it's a great way to meet like-minded people and kind of like what you're doing on this show is even more so trying to not meet like-minded people but find common ground mm-hmm. with people who you might not agree with and it sounds like your other show, which I have not heard yet, um, that you're on, Building Bridges, is even more so that. Yeah, you can check them out on YouTube and also Twitch. So just look up Building Bridges. Podcast. So they're not on a they're not on a a podcast. No, they they they're strictly on those two things. Um, but they That's, do have they do have video though. Like we're all we all webcam in. Okay. For the discussion, and they're they normally run about an hour an episode. 
Why don't they go on? I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Hey, no. Building Bridges, if you're listening to this, other people on that show, y'all need to get on that I hope they are. podcast platform, actually. They, uh, I'm going to have a couple of them on, on here soon. Well, I say soon. It's going to be planned. So they all have schedules. They're working. You know, we have all, we all have our lives. So one of them will probably be in the next couple months. Uh, another one, I just need to call them. I don't know. I have this schedule with you. I have one tomorrow, actually. Nice. And uh, there's a, a guy. I, don't, I mean, technically, you went to school with him. I don't think you would have known him. He was a freshman when we were seniors. Um, but I know him from, like, the lair and shit like that. So, oh, okay. Um, I'm going to go meet up with him. And do an episode with him, and then after that, I'm gonna have to start calling people. I still have I still have a decent amount of people on my list, but I need more people. So start dipping back into the old catalog. I might, but I want to get a certain amount of episodes out. Like I, I just don't feel it yet. Like to to do repeat episodes. I'm gonna do repeat episodes. I tell everyone like I I, I definitely want to have some more people back on. Yeah. Um you have to. But I want to get a certain amount of people in before I start repeating. So we'll see how that goes. Um, and then I will do multiple person eventually also. Like that's that's going to happen sooner or later. Some round table shit. Some round table shit. Now it's going to be more chaotic, but it should be interesting. Mm. Um, that leads me to my next thing. Go ahead. Uh, for the nightclub, go back and look at uh, – I forget the number of the, the, the exact number. But if you go through the nightclub's feed and you can find us anywhere um, – the episode is Halloween Havoc, Stomp the Graveyard. That's the episode you can find Trevor on, and uh, we had a lot of fucking fun. That being said, it's getting close to having a repeat guest. It's time, bro. So we have some movies coming up, and I want to present them to you, mm-hmm. and I want you to pick one. Oh, okay. When you pick that one, whenever that movie comes up, in this thing we're doing, I called it the ritual roulette, but it's since adopted the term Mama's box. You'll <laughs> yeah. have to hear the episode to see what that means. Okay. But um, we're picking our midnight rituals out of a box. It's gotcha. all written down. It's a physical box mm-hmm. with physical written mm-hmm. down pieces of paper in it, uh, like old school. Yeah. And we'll pick one at the end of every episode, and that'll be the next nice. midnight ritual. I like it. On the nightclub, a midnight ritual is – a scene-by-scene breakdown of a film, a horror film, usually. Um, so we have some coming up, and I'd, I'd like you to pick one. And Hell yeah. That'll be the next Trevor Jordan Blanchard guest appearance nice. on the nightclub. That's right. It's time. Where things get spooky. Where things get spooky. And go bump in the night in more ways than one. Yep. Man, and then I still got to plug Tortured Earth with Kenneth Ketter. Um See, today's the sixth. Next weekend, Saturday, we are meeting up again to record and create enough content so he can start releasing stuff. So hopefully, soon there will be some stuff out. And then, fun fact: not something I did, but something Kenneth Kidder did was convince my wife to be on the podcast as one of the player characters. Whoa! Or tortured Earth. Now, if anyone knows my wife, she doesn't like video games. She's played D&D a couple times, but it's usually not her her jam. But she has agreed to come on and play character and role play, so she'll be on the recording. Damn. It's going to be a lot of fun. That's interesting. I'm excited. 
<laughs> um, she's a little nervous, but I'm here to help her out, and I think she'll do great. Because once she puts her mind to something, she's really good at it. As for podcasts, I have an episode coming out. Listen, people, if if y'all really wanna come and and talk, please do. I also do Zoom. I will try to accommodate you the best I can. We can talk about anything, literally anything you want to talk about, I'll talk about. No filter, whatever it is. No censor. We can do that stuff. Um, I do have a list of people, but I will eventually need more. I'm going to make a few phone calls and message some people on Facebook and try to get a little bit more diversity in here. Like I said, I I still need a woman guest. Come on, women. Like I know some of y'all are out there or y'all... If it's only men listening to this, like, if you know women who are interested, send them my way. Tell them to message me. And so we can get that female perspective or people of color. Look, I, I want y'all on, too. I want to talk about these fundamental issues and, and your side of the story and all those things. So if y'all could come and, and help out, I would really, really appreciate it. And then also, if you want to plug something that you have, you'd be more than welcome to. Uh uh, hopefully I can be on the nightclub again soon. Building Bridges podcast. If y'all want to listen to us, we're on Twitch, on YouTube, and we have an episode every Tuesday night at 8.30 Eastern, I believe is the time. Y'all can come on Twitch and watch us live, and we have a blast. I mean, I'm like the right-leaning centrist. There's an anarchist. There's a Democrat. There's all kinds of different viewpoints and we pick a topic and from each of our different viewpoints we we talk about how we feel about it then we have casual debate um sometimes it gets rowdy but none of it's mean or angry or anything else really it's you know we're sitting there and we're trying to be nice to each other and we're just trying to understand each other's point of view so with that being said, if you do want a strictly political commentary and an open debate from all sides, look up the Building Bridges podcast. It's a great podcast. I'm on it. I, I do two episodes and I also do 1v1 kind of debates. I've done one where it was determinism versus free will, so y'all can check that out. It's also on YouTube and on Twitch TV. Um, some of the individual people on the podcast have a blog. They have their own Twitch streams where they play video games or they discuss things. So y'all can check that out. Besides for that, um, that's about it as far as podcasts are concerned. Well, podcasts that y'all should check out. Uh, I can drop Critical Role, which comes out every Thursday. I think y'all heard that one before. Um, Kim and Cat Stay Alive, maybe, is also another good horror comedy podcast. Um, they pick a movie and they review the movie. One person, one of the people will, um, describe what's going on and they have a game where, you know, because the whole point is, is the, the person who's listening to the narration is trying to stay alive so basically they're they're trying to pick situations where separate from what's actually going on we keep them alive and it goes back and forth and it's it's a really good podcast um there's also wine and crime 
where three ladies sit down and they look at the history and they discuss um they discuss crimes that are happening oh you good oh yeah okay yeah that's fine <laughs> Jarvis is back I've been talking about podcasts and, and uh, just talking about some of the ones I listen to and what they're about oh yeah so well for anyone out there who's interested in horror uh, say you love Satan I know it sounds kind of fucked up but that's it's the name of the podcast uh, say you love Satan 80s horror podcast one of the best horror podcasts out there they're so fucking funny uh, Jesse Steph John, Melissa, and they've got some new additions to the group uh, over the last year, um, but they're fucking hilarious. Who Goes There is another good horror, as well as uh, Forever Midnight, but I'm going to, again, I'm going to nail down that Tell Them Steve Dave, like, mm-hmm. that's the best, and start from the beginning. It's 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 an arduous task over 10 years into their show now, Yeah, but it's so worth it, and if you're not a fan by episode 20... Give up, mm-hmm. but if if you've <laughs> and there's some there's some other good smodcast stuff to uh, Fat Man and Batman, yeah, which has become Fat Man Beyond now. Yeah, well, they, to to add in Mark Bernard and uh, yeah. Mark Bernard and um, I forget what it was called, but like Edumacation with Andy McHale. There's there's a mini series with him and Kevin Smith and his wife, and I listened to that entire thing. I was sad when they stopped, but I understand. A lot of shows on Smodcast have come and gone, yeah. Yeah, yeah, but it was cool. Like well, it, tell them Steve Dave isn't part of Smodcast anymore. Oh, they aren't. They have their they, own. They branched well because it it became it's not a, it's an amicable thing. It's not mm-hmm. because Kev was like fuck you guys and they no, were like well, fuck the, you. It doesn't always have to be that way. No, it was it was Smith was paying for their server. Oh, and they okay. had grown to the point where it's they like they could pay for it themselves. Yeah, right? y'all are so big, y'all need to go. You know, and yeah. they're like, yeah, we need to go do our yeah. own thing and yeah. be separate. Yeah, which so, knowing Kev, he he was probably like, look, go 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 make y'all money. Like, he, what are you doing? Kevin Smith always knew that his friends Bry and Walt could amount to more than what they were doing, mm-hmm. and it took f- basically forever mm-hmm. until they finally started their own podcast. Um, and it blew up into this. And now knowing who they were when it started, and and now knowing who they are after ten years. Mm-hmm. Even Walt Flanagan himself would be like, I never would have saw myself here. Yeah. And, and and that's that's growth, man. That's growth, which maybe that's the whole thing behind this show. This particular episode is uh, growing. Growing as a human being, growing as a society, growing as a planet, growing within yourself. I mean, what constitutes when changes when it's inevitable and when is it absolutely necessary mm-hmm. and everyone encounters those two different aspects throughout their life it's going to ultimately be up to you as a person when do you grow um, I had to grow and I'm still having to grow every day mm-hmm. pretty much I mean it's good to know though that you- if you could understand that you shouldn't be stagnant. Because being stagnant is not really accomplishing anything. No. But to end it all in a very cosmically indifferent way, <laughs> no matter how much you move, no matter how unstagnant, whatever that word is, you <laughs> are, 
Um, Energetic. No matter what you Uh, do, it's a lifelong walk to the same exact spot. (laughs) And uh, you're standing still regardless because you're here on this one planet your whole life. Mm -hmm. Momentary masters of a fraction of a dot. That phrase will never leave my mind. People have just been so cruel and evil to lord over nothing for a moment that didn't ultimately matter other than to be the alpha for a few seconds mm-hmm. grand few seconds in the scheme of the universe right. and it's like hey guys wake up to that no matter what you do in your life no matter who you meet where you go whatever it's all going to happen right here so take your time right here right now and do some mushrooms <laughs> Drop some ass and do some DNT and talk to the clockwork elves. <laughs> no, man. Like we said earlier, go out and be nice to the person next to you and see yeah. how far the ripple goes. Be positive. That's I feel like that's the mainstay of everything, really. Just try to be positive. Be positive, and even if you're negative, well, embrace your negativity and use it for a good thing. Hmm. Some people can be depressed and fucked up and still do something good. Mm-hmm. It happens. There's been some sublime art put out by depressed people. I think I think most great art comes from fucked up, depressed oh, yeah. individuals. Well, it's, it's just like Rogan talks about comedians and how like all the great comedians he knows came from like fucked up backgrounds. It's true. So it has to be true. There's something to be said about that. You need sure. it. You need adversity in your life to be interesting. Mm-hmm. If you had a plain Jane life where everything went perfect and smooth, well, you don't have really much to add to the conversation. I think I think someone who's had like a plain Jane life or, or more predisposed to end up being like a fucking Bonnie and Clyde where <laughs> they just snap one day and like that rush of them doing something insane. All the things they never got to do. Yeah. Yeah. And they're like, they just go crazy and they become manic and they're just like snorting cocaine off of a beaver's ass and or, or <laughs> robbing banks <laughs> or they become the unabomber and they get tired of society's bullshit and they start that also happens <laughs> you know or they can't handle a joke from obama so they run for president and win <laughs> that's the whole reason he became president <laughs> i laugh every time because i'm like this is that was the it's, moment it's obama's fault like was obama joked on him about how Obama was president and he won't be and then Trump's like during one of the uh the um they do this ever so often where the press gets together and they all rib each other and have a big roast. It's kinda like a gala. Yeah, it's a gala event with the president and all the cabinet members and all the politicians and all the everybody. Yeah. It's the press dinner or whatever the fuck they call it. And Obama was like, I know one thing, you'll never be and he was talking to Trump. And that's president. And Trump just sat there. Everyone laughed. Trump just sat there looking at him with a blank face. Mm-hmm. Then he ran and won. Yeah. And then when he won, he was like, oh, shit. What do I do now? <laughs> <laughs> this isn't what I thought it would be. I thought I was just going to get some publicity. Look, and make what some I'm money. saying is this. Worst dictator ever. <laughs> do a better job, Trump. I mean, you fuck, disappointed bro. me on how much of a dictator you were, sir. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. That's it, Mark. Her door doesn't close all right. No. Well, 
Nah. All right. That 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 last joke definitely uh, lost both of us some listeners. So all right. Nah, I'm, I would <laughs> be okay. I I think it's hilarious that they call him a, a dictator. Oh, man, he, he literally is the worst dictator. What do you even do? It's like the Carlin bit about God. Uh, which one? <laughs> well, if this world is on the resume of an all-powerful deity, I'm not impressed. War, famine, plague, death, disease, corruption, lies, instability. This doesn't look good on an omnipresent, omnipresent, omniscient deity. Like, why would you present this to me? No. That's the, yeah, I get it. It's the Carlin joke. I got to come from that point of view, man. I understand. Um, it's a very pessimistic way to look at it. What you call pessimism, I call realism. It's a little bit of both. They slip, they slip, they slip <laughs> inside of each other. Mm. They, they spaced out greasily. They spaced out <laughs> a lot of grease and lube mm. involved, mm. but they well, nonetheless, they are similar and the same. Uh, nah, dude, <laughs> we've covered so much ground, and I feel like there's still so much yet to be said. We didn't even get into like uh, your your normal like. Books and questions, movies, let's, let's and some of it, man. Oh yeah, let's go with books first. Okay. Um, suggest a book to read. One book. It could be a series. The Dark Tower by Stephen yeah, King. Yeah, baby. It's I talked to, I talked about them at least twice. Yeah, I think. Yeah. Um, if I have to give a single standalone book, <sighs> the Bible. No. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Even the sure. Quran. Yeah, fuck that. Um, a single standalone fun book. It's uh, too good to be true. Is the name of the book? Okay. It's uh, over a thousand urban legends, mm-hmm. and it it goes back to uh, their actual origins. So you'll read the urban legend, and you might even read a variant or two of it, but then the book will take you through history. And show you the best the authors could research and pin down where through newspaper articles, through all kinds of shit, where the origin of the urban legend from the man with the hook hand to the uh, dog running around with a piece of dynamite, all these urban legends. And there's Mm -hmm. over a thousand in this book. It's called Too Good to Be True. I don't know the author's name, but just Google that. Too Good to Be True Urban Legends. You'll find the book. Gotcha. If I'd have to give a series, it's The Dark Tower. Um, gotcha. To this day, the best book series I've ever read, and I've read Lord of the Rings. Um, I haven't. I, well, I haven't read the Harry Potter series or, uh, you know, some of the common mm-hmm. nowadays staples, Will of Time or anything. I haven't read those, but I've, I've read Lord of the Rings, and I prefer the movies to the books. I feel like the books are overblown and bloated. Uh, yeah. I've, I've made this statement before to different people. Tolkien went in excess to the point to where I didn't care. Mm-hmm. I got bored reading it. Mm-hmm. I kind of how the will of time is. Really? Yeah, it's not as bad, but um, just the upset in the past, like the detail and some of the monotony. Like I probably could have cut three books out of that series if I would have, you know, made it more efficient detail wise. 
Yeah. And that's hard to argue with the author. It's hard to say what their work should or shouldn't be, but as a as a reader, I mean it's still one of my like top 5 high fantasies ever. So obviously for whatever, you know, the qualms I have with it, it's still an amazing series. It's and it's like like I've heard other scholars say you don't go around editing Tolkien because mm-hmm. he was a master. Yeah. He was a professor of linguistics. Yeah, he created multiple languages for his stories and histories and family trees. Mm-hmm. And look, I'm not telling him what he should have wrote or shouldn't have. I'm saying as a reader, I got bored. Mm-hmm. And you know that's the cardinal sin for me. The same thing when it comes to horror movies or movies in general. Yeah, if you make me bored like Aragorn in the theaters, first movie I ever fell asleep in was that movie, and. When the dragon goes up in the air and flips yeah, around, Aragorn, yeah, and, uh, Aragorn, yeah. When <laughs> the dra- when the dragon goes up in the air and flips around, yeah, and time transformed and yeah. time changed. Oh, it was. I looked over so at you, terrible. who had not read the book, and I said to Trev, "We just skipped a lot, didn't we?" Yep. And Trev was like, "Oh yeah," and I I was like, "All right," and I checked out, went to bed, I yep. fell asleep because yep. at that point, the acting was so bad. Oh, it was awful. Everything was, was so bad that I didn't care the anymore. The whole thing was awful. Yeah. Like, it's... The fans of, of the book series hate like hate it. And there's talks that um, Amazon might be doing... They might do it right. Remaster. And I hope, I hope they fucking yeah. do. Because like, they're doing Will of Time. They're doing Lord of the Rings. Yep. Uh, they're going back to when Sauron yep. rose to power. Which, that's fine. That'd be awesome. Yeah. I think. Uh, don't, yeah, don't do the movies give, again. Give me, all, give me... Like, I... Give, give me all of it. The movies like, are fine. They're, will, they're will good. Time, give me the will of time. Give me give me all that. Like I I love it. Send it my way. They skipped over the dark tower. They filmed the pilot, and they they passed on it. Did we did we talk about that? I feel like I talked about I talked about the dark tower with someone. Not me. I've only been oh, on here okay. right now once. Okay. Well, not on here, but just in the past, I talked to someone about it because I was I I got excited about the idea of them having a dark tower series. Yeah. And then I was waiting and waiting because, like, you'd hear rumors. And after that ever came from it, I was like, fuck. Mm-hmm. Amazon funded a a, a, a pilot and mm-hmm. then they either backburned it or they can else. They, they can. They were you. like, no, it ain't happening. And yeah. like, everyone in, in that community is like, well, upset. Can we at least see the pilot? Nope. Well, time will tell. But yeah. um, I don't know. I mean, we're living in a world where fucking. Zack Snyder can edit, you know, Batman versus Superman. Well, and get and get money to fund completely new scenes. I yeah, mean, he basically so like 20, made, 30 million? He more. To, he he basically made a whole other movie mm-hmm. with the cutting room yep. floor yeah, yeah, yeah. footage, but also new funding to mm-hmm. get people to come back. Yep. Like a Ben Affleck, mm-hmm. like a Henry Cavill, mm-hmm. all of them. Yeah. And. I'm looking forward to seeing his version. Mm-hmm. Do I think it's going to resurrect the DCEU in the way that they want it to be like Marvel? No. I mean, they're already talking about so they're going to they're going to explore different versions of of uh Superman. Mm-hmm. So we're going to get to see, you know, a black Superman, which is fine. I just I'm so tired of the Superman story. You know what I'm saying? Like there's the origin story. Yeah, like an origin. Even if it's a different world, like you know, a different universe or whatever. Like I've already is had, that what they're gonna do with it? 
That's that's what they're doing. An origin story for a black Superman? I don't know if it's origin. It's going to be a black Superman story. Now, whether or not it's an origin, I don't know. But that's what they're talking about. And I'm like, I mean, you have so many other DC characters that yeah. you haven't explored. Like Boy, we're getting Black Adam with with uh, the Rock, Wayne Johnson. We, we are, we are. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not saying they aren't. I'm just saying like they need to do a fucking. You remember I'm, Static I'm Shock? Yeah, mm-hmm. that would be the best. Well, they, they have a Black Lightning uh, TV series. Wasn't that supposed to be like a futuristic Static Shock? I don't know. I'm not I don't, have to I don't, look into it. I, for 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 listeners, I'm not a big superhero okay. fan. Um, I did not grow up reading comic books. Some some comic book, but I wasn't a DC Marvel person. I grew up watching Batman the animated mm-hmm. series, Spider Man. Yep. On Fox Kids. Yep. X Men. Yep. Same here. Uh, the Justice League. Yeah. The old and the new. Yeah. But 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 I didn't. I'm I. The only – I'm not as invested as some people are in this superhero thing. I'm impressed by it. I'm impressed by what Marvel managed to pull off. It's it's unprecedented. That's a huge feat. It's unprecedented. Yes. It's never happened before, no. and I don't think it's going to happen again. No. I was kind of hoping DC would, but they, they rushed things they too rushed much. They rushed it. And the whole the – They whole, tried to copy a formula. Yeah. When they hired Joss Whedon to come in and, 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 and finish <laughs> – he ruined it. Mm-hmm. He ruined it with Marvel aesthetics, a universe that was dark and fucked up and was supposed to be that way based on Man of Steel, mm-hmm. which I thought was criminally underrated. Um, Joss Whedon came in and just – because I like Batman v Superman. I thought it was really good. And I liked it. I just saw the potential, the wasted potential. I guess is not not. And since I don't know what that is, mm-hmm. I just liked it because mm-hmm. I don't know what else they could have done because I, I don't read the comics. I, I got know. you. I got you. So to I me, it was just it. like it was just it was Superman's forced. dead. It was just forced. Some of the stuff they did, and that's cool if you know the history. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Just like Spider Man, the Sam Raimi Spider Man movies. Mm-hmm. I used to have to tell people I didn't read the comics. I don't know what he did wrong. Mm-hmm. All I'm looking at it. Is based on the merits of the well, film. Well, also I can separate like how good a film is compared to what it should be. All you know, two. Um, I can enjoy a movie for what it is, and then I can go back and rewatch it and watch it from a critic's eye, and then point out the things that are wrong with this. Why I like. Oh, from a critical standpoint, Jesse Eisenberg was all wrong. Oh yeah, his whole character was wrong to me. I was like, this dude is aping way too much off of Heath Ledger's Joker, and mm-hmm. I thought cornball. I thought he was doing what what was expected of him. Well, he was probably given that direction. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. I think his acting was good. His acting was fine. If you if you understand his, his character and oh, role oh, was no, like, yeah. oh, I didn't like it at all either. But that that's my whole point. Like he was, it was to me, it was amazing acting, but. What they wanted him to do, he portrayed it, and I didn't like what he was like. Mm-hmm. I didn't like what he was putting down, and that was the problem. It's it's it yeah him. It wasn't him. It's it not was, him. It's a matter of just it was a what they wanted of, of him. Yeah, yeah. And that's that was the issue. I I couldn't. I agree with you. Now, like like Venom. Did you watch Venom? No. Okay. Venom's good. Don't have an interest in Venom. That's fine. Um, only because the problem is, is it wasn't. It should have been rated R, and it wasn't, and that detracted from it. And I was gonna say only because I don't I don't think that that the Venom 
character by itself. Well, let me not say that because the Joker has proven time and again to not only stand next to Batman, possibly above him. Mm-hmm. Possibly. The Joker might on be... On par. I can say on par. At how, least. Many, how many billion dollar Batman I'm, movies are there? I'm just saying at least. How many? Um, none? None. I guess. How many Joker billion dollar movies are there? <laughs> at least one. One. Yeah. 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 Look, it's so this, superbly done, though. I had I, this debate with with coworkers and shit. They were like, "Oh, Joker's a," and I'm like, "Nah, dude, you don't understand what that movie is. That movie is a trick. It's a trick. What what Todd Phillips managed to pull off mm-hmm. with Joaquin, mm-hmm. knowing mm-hmm. he said this openly too after the movie came out. What he managed to pull off was a trick, a grand trick on Hollywood, where he was like, "I want to make a, a dark." gritty 1970s Martin Scorsese style character study of a person Mm -hmm. who's depraved and going through modern day but still also relevant to Mm -hmm. back then societal shit but you know how I'm going to get everyone to come and watch this movie you know how I'm going to get a budget for it I'm going to base it around superheroes and he fucking did Yeah, he made it about the Joker and And even it was an extremely loose Basis, because there weren't really any superheroes in the movie. There were none. Exactly. There were no superheroes. There was only... It's like, I'm going to use this universe, but no superheroes. Dude, when I... When when, when the backlash for Joker was uh, white people are going to start murdering or whatever, I was like, okay, this is clearly going to help this movie, and it did. Mm -hmm. It just drove people to the theaters. This is back when theaters existed, kids. Um, I mean, fuck, uh, <laughs> if you're listening to this five years from now, <laughs> seriously, <laughs> just don't exist anymore. Thank you for listening five years from now. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Joker was just, but it was just so exquisitely done. Yeah, it was a mastercraft. And yeah, I mean, not just the acting, the directing, the, the everything, screen, everything, and and it showed. And I mean, that's why it made a million dollars. To be honest with you, but I even like which. Mary can appreciate a good movie. I no, I think that movie but, made a billion dollars because it was a comic book property. Oh, I'm sure that the media drove people to go see mm-hmm. because they said it was going to cause controversy. Yeah, yeah. If that movie would have been left alone and it would have came out without a peep, you'd have been lucky to see two hundred million to five hundred million dollar grosses on that film. <laughs> but it still would have made its money back yeah, in more. Yeah, yeah. It would have been a. It still would have been a hit. Because it's the Joker. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. I agree. Um, well, I think I think at the end of the day, it's, it's a masterful movie, regardless of whatever 100%. money it would have made. Yeah. My point was, is like I made my wife watch it. I was like, you need to watch this. Like, it's so good that if you like, if you can just half-ass appreciate what it is, like you'll be better for it. So <laughs> you better appreciate this Joker movie. Kind of. I mean, she doesn't like she. She she's very hardcore into like TV series and stuff, um, whereas I'm more of the movie buff. So like every once in a while, I'll be like, have you watched this? She'd be like, no, and I'm just I want to lose my, my fucking mind. And I'm like, how do you not watch this movie? Mm. You know, it would be like I don't, I don't know, not watching The Godfather ever. Oh yeah, or, or Wizard of Oz, or The Green Mile, or yeah, you Shawshank know, Redemption. Yeah, or like I don't know, Forrest fucking Gump. Like, how do you not see that? That's what I'm saying. Like, how do you? Like, you what? gotta see the Joker. Yeah. Or a Joker. Yeah. Um 
But yeah, just the film. The film. I need to watch the movie again. I've watched it like three times, but like when the film started and 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 whenever uh, the kids beat him up in that alley and the camera is panning back uh-huh. and it, and then the title card hits Joker. It took me two or three watches, but I finally saw the parallel between the origin of the Joker. Because from that moment on, Arthur Fleck, the character that becomes Joker, mm-hmm. from the moment on at the be- very beginning when he gets mugged, beat up, and the camera shows him laying in the alley, that's his beginning as the Joker. Mm-hmm. Later in the film, you get the same shot. But it's from the perspective of Bruce Wayne going back, and his parents are dead in the alley. Mm-hmm. And that's the beginning oh, of shit. Batman. Yeah. I thought that was there's a lot of things that I noticed in that movie that upon rewatching and rewatching and rewatching you 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 catch more and more and more like the clock the the clocks look at the clocks in the whole film okay the clock that he's in the insane asylum with mm-hmm. when he's meeting his therapist when he's literally punching out with a card and then punching the clock out at work mm-hmm. all the clocks in the film are all set at eleven eleven really yeah wow. There's a lot of weird See, shit. That's that kind of shit where you're just like, you fucking next level sons of bitches. There's a lot of yeah. weird shit going on in in that movie that that you would have to like watch again and again mm-hmm. to to notice, and then you start to wonder what does that mean? Eleven Eleven duality, mirror reflections. Uh, but if it's all the same throughout the whole movie, then how could that ever make sense? And so is it all in his head? Like you start going weird places with it and. I think Joker is one of those. It was my. T- if you go back and listen to Joe Blow horror show, uh, top twenty of two thousand or top fifteen of two thousand nineteen, whatever the fuck we did, Joker was my number one favorite horror movie of that year, and I made a decent argument on my episode of the Nightclub episode five, Rick Grin, comparing Joker to films like Henry Portrait of a Serial Killer. Uh, other horror movies that the psychological bent takes the precedent, mm-hmm. and I think that Joker could be in at least the horror adjacent category, which is good enough for me as a horror fan to yeah. consider a horror movie. Silence of the Lambs, you consider that a horror movie? I do. Well, I think we've had this discussion on, on our episode. Yeah, some because people, some people don't. And yeah, I'm like, which, which, like I understand, but to me it was. Uh, like I think I'm, I mentioned Hannibal Lecter is one of like my top five, like yeah. just creepiest. Oh yeah, and yeah, like I mean, to to me, if 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 that's a horror movie, then Joker's in the same running. And you can you can you can say it is, and if you don't want to, that's fine. Yeah, it's all opinions. Yeah, well, I mean, it exactly, it don't matter. It don't matter. None of this matters. None of this matters. So okay, and I, I know you're you're hardcore horror, but. Listen, listen, non-horror movie that you would suggest for people to watch. Um, which I know you're saturated with it because you've been watching a lot. I mean, I imagine what like a new one or just what I say. Anything. Rocky. Rocky. Okay. Lord of the Rings. Fight Club. Okay. Uh, there will be blood. No country for old men. Um, Darjeeling Limited. Uh, the Wrestler. I mean, I could go on and on. Okay. Like, for movies where yeah, people yeah, just, yeah, it's yeah. not hard. I'm, I'm, I'm. Yeah, I'm big into horror, but I'm make no mistake, I'm a film buff and I'm yeah. a cinephile yeah, when it comes yeah, to yeah, all yeah. films. So horror is my preferred genre because I believe it's the only genre that can completely capture all other genres while staying horror. A drama can't stay a drama if it goes into horror, it becomes mm-hmm. a horror. Yeah. A comedy can't stay a comedy if it goes into horror, it becomes a horror comedy. You're never gonna have another genre become 
stay that genre but have horror in it. Mm-hmm. It always becomes horror. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So horror to me is the ultimate. Is the ultimate. Mm-hmm. It, it, it can express every other genre, and it can elicit the deepest, most primal responses. That's not to say that a dog's purpose or Homeward Bound or My Dog Skip can't make me cry myself to sleep because it's a dog movie, and if anything happens to a dog in a movie, I'm not happy, and those movies are sad. You are correct. But, um, no, I mean, I could recommend movies all day, man. Uh, I have a letterboxed. Go look it up. It's uh, You could find me at... I, I, it's either the nightclub, all one word, or it's my name, which you'll see in the episode description. Travis Maxwell Boone. Yep. You'll 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 see it there. So go to Letterboxd if you want to see all my movies and rankings and whatever the fuck else. They do a five point system. I do a ten point system on my show. Just double the number. Yeah. 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 Seems pretty simple. <laughs> it took it took me a whole day to figure that out. Do simple math. It took me a whole day because <laughs> I was conflicted. I was like, "How do I rate things different on here?" Letterbox is a whole half difference than me. And it, for a day, I was rating shit and I wasn't thinking about it. And I was like, "Wait a minute! If a half a star, half a star is one, a whole star is two, five, ten. Just double the number. Just double. <laughs> Dude, when I had that revelation, I'm over here sitting sitting there thinking about like the Fermi paradox and all kinds of shit. But then I'm like, Meanwhile, sim- like simple I'm, math eludes yeah, me. Yeah. Meanwhile, I'm sitting in on an angry email. I want to do quarter points, damn it. How do I give a quarter of a star? <laughs> damn, you letterbox. You fucking stifling my creativity, bro. My expression. Tangent, but like, I remember. I was in high school, and uh, I got pissed off. I'm probably a little bit drunk. Um, when Burger King changed their fries. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you know I'm fat, bro. So, <laughs> so Burger King's got those thick fries now. Yeah. But they used to have, like, the skinny fries. Like McDonald's. Yeah, but, but Burger King's fries were the they best. They were better, yeah. They were the best. Yeah. And like I got, I got fucking mad. I was like, "What is this bullshit?" Like I ordered, I ordered Burger King, went home, and I just these thick fucking fries. I'm like, "What the fuck?" Is this? Are you mad that Popeyes discontinued the dirty rice? I'm not, but I don't normally get the dirty rice from Popeyes. I don't so, even know. I, I I I don't get that. Like I don't even know if that's true universally. Mm-hmm. I don't even know if they're doing that all around. But I heard that they were gonna. Discontinue some of the universal, mm-hmm. some of the yeah. Universal I, I, rice. I heard also <laughs> the I mean, Cajun rice. Like I don't like if I'm getting sides, it's the fucking Cajun fries. Me too. And, or or and the biscuits. mashed potatoes and gravy. Okay, well see, I'm not a mashed potatoes kind of guy. Oh, bro, I'm sorry. Sorry. the mashed but, potatoes. I get my but, chicken tenders and all that. Them, there, all them French fries though, all day. What y'all know about that Popeyes action? They they should know. Y'all should know. They should know. It's nationwide. Mm. If you listen within these United States of America, oh, yeah. they might have some overseas. You never know. God, but, I yeah, like I really but, yeah, I wrote I wrote an angry email. Oh, to, to Burger to Bur- <laughs> about about these fries as and, a, as a high school. Yeah, and they sent me a reply, and they're like, "We're we're sorry you feel that way, but like you know, basically saying like, fuck off, we're not changing it." Like, you son of bitches, you rid of my fries. If there only would have been three more of you. Yeah. That were that mad, mm-hmm. they would have changed Probably it. Probably so. Or at least in today's age, they would. That's how it happens. Mm-hmm. 
you you need like ten angry motherfuckers to represent everybody. And that's how it. That's how you get things done. Fucking politics. <laughs> the, <laughs> it's the modern. It's the oh, modern day. Just give me my fucking prize back. <laughs> God damn it! Imagine just like next. Look, I'm 32, so like three years from now, I'll become a governor. And then four years from that, I've become the president. And like my first decree is to bring back Burger King's skinny fries. <laughs> I'm gonna sign an executive order today. Yep, yep. I'm gonna force this corporation. Yep. To oh, uh, yeah. oh no, I'll be the. Don't make me president. I'm a private. Yeah. T- I'm a. I'm a. Trust me, you don't want me to be president. I'll be the best dictator ever. I'm gonna just be like, man. I'm glad I knew that dude before he became this. Hopefully yeah. he'll. Yeah. <laughs> He'll just look over either oh, yeah. either grant me some greatness or he'll just completely look over <laughs> like I remember him mm. and just go over it and not even mm. worry about it. I'll be like, all right, be, I don't know, like I'll be at the State of Union address that the president always asks and like, um, y'all check out the nightclub podcast. <laughs> 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 Plug it on the podcast. <laughs> he just tweets it out like from the presidential Twitter. Have you guys heard this bomb ass podcast going on? And then I'll be trying to schedule my own podcast too. <laughs> They'll be like, he don't they don't have a Twitter, but you can find them on the ground. Yeah. The ground. America is Fixie's playground. Yeah, America's Fixie's playground. That's what it would be too. The flag gets replaced mm-hmm. by the sword and shield. Oh shit. Yeah, instead of the field of swords. I mean it would still be red, white, and blue though, so you know that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. So you maintain your colors. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> The scenery changes, but everything stays the same, everybody. Oh. No. Mm. Mm. No. No matter how much you move, you stand completely still. Yeah. Yeah. All I'm saying is if you add all the colors together, it makes white, and that makes no fucking sense. What? Yeah. Yeah, no, no, no. I know know what you're saying, but... It doesn't make sense to me. It does to me. I don't give a fuck about prisms. Oh, <laughs> you sound like insane clown posse magnet. How the fuck do they work? <laughs> I just, it doesn't make sense. If I take all the colors I have in this house and I mark one spot on a piece of paper, it's going to be dark as fuck. There ain't no change in that, bro. Yeah, but I understand how light waves light works. But color theory is if you take no. all the possible colors and you yeah. add them together, it creates white. Yeah. Which through a prism, sure. But in practical sense, if I take all the colors I can find, it really gonna be white, or is it gonna be like a fucking like gray? It'll be like I a, don't know. Like a dark brown, weird That's what I would think. Yeah. But but obviously but, no. you're, but you're dealing with markers and not light. I mm, think it changes. Yeah. Based on the medium yeah. of expression, yeah. but I like to think that at the end of the day, all light fades and everything becomes a cold, dark oblivion. Oh, the universe will expand until there's nothing left but celestial graveyards of dead stars and black holes emitting their last gasps of radiation until finally, all there is <laughs> is a great distant static hum, and all you can hear at the end of that is, "Thank you for listening." <laughs> Right. I'm not ending this podcast yet. Oh. You get fucked. Oh. That's a good ending. <laughs> that is a good ending. But I want to talk more. I mean, we'll wrap it up soon because it's, it's getting late. But I'll get my oil change on my truck before I go to Baton Rouge.
Nah, I gotta. Well, I don't have to do anything. No. Huh? No. Well, I chose to to have an episode at like 10 a.m. in the morning. So. <laughs> yeah. You gotta wake up and burn that fucking. Well, the problem is I had to work late today. So what I was gonna do. It's okay. My daughter opening her door again. Um. The problem was, is I was gonna get off of work, go get my oil changed. That way, I can just literally just wake up and go tomorrow. Mm-hmm. But work had me work late, and then all the oil change places are closed. So now I gotta wake up earlier tomorrow to go catch Walmart as soon as they open. And now I, I was gonna go somewhere else because I prefer not to go to Walmart. But I'm gonna go to Walmart, get my oil changed, and then leave directly from Walmart to go to Baton Rouge. <laughs> Damn, so, you gotta go to VR to record? Yeah, I mean, the guy lives there. That's not a problem. But I think that's about the range of how far I would travel within like maybe an hour. Otherwise, it would be Zoom. But I do prefer in person a little bit over. Yeah, no, I know, agree. That's what it is. I agree 100%. I so. mean, I'm forced to do Zoom when I'm away for work or when I automatically, when I uh, do the Joe Blow Horror Show because Cole lives in fucking. Yeah, Tuna <clears throat> lives in fucking Iowa. So uh, <laughs> that's right, fucking potatoes. Yeah, all they got over there. Oh, is, he's just oh, constantly sending him potatoes. an angry email. Look here, you motherfucker! Cut your potatoes in smaller rations when you send them to Burger King. <laughs> it's his fault that Burger King. <laughs> he lives in Idaho. Idaho is the potato state. Iowa. Oh, you a fuck. <laughs> Enough. It starts with an I, goddammit. Yeah, it does. They I might as well be the same place. It rhymes. Idaho, oh, Iowa. It don't yeah. rhyme, but fuck it. It's your fault. It's <laughs> your fault. <laughs> oh, shit. Him it's his fault. I'm still angry about these fries. <laughs> Next time I talk to him, I'll be like, dude, why'd you change Trevor's fries? He'll be like, what? <laughs> Who's Trevor? No, he knows. Who oh, you know, okay. He, yeah, he knew I was coming over here. Oh, okay, I got you. Yeah, I'm going to record with uh my buddy. He was like that Jordan guy. That Jordan guy. God I was, damn. I was <laughs> my like, middle name. I know. I was like, <laughs> what? I don't even know if anybody. Knows. I was like, yeah, Tre- I spell. I was like, yeah, Trevor Jordan Blanchard. Yeah, yeah him. Yeah. He's like, oh, cool. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. It's all good fun. <sighs> This is what happens. It is, man. This is what happens when, well, always on the nightclub, we record late because we have to wait for the kids to go to bed. Yep. They don't go to bed at the same time all the time. Yep. So we're up making coffee. We're up till like two, three Mm -hmm. in the morning. Well, when I went, I was there till almost three. Yeah. Yeah. So. And, And it's. It, it, when you're on the nightclub podcast, expect to be tired, expect to be fueled by caffeine, mm-hmm. um, herbal enchantments if you partake. It's rare that we drink mm-hmm. because, you know, it can loosen you, but it can also, if you're trying to get everyone on the same mm-hmm. page, it can just go yeah, completely. See, I've learned to stick with beer because I've done vodka on a couple of episodes and by the end, I'm like, struggling to speak and I'm tired like more tired <laughs> my brain's starting to shut down I'm like alright I need to do beer because beer beer, as long as I keep drinking beer it'll stimulate me enough to keep going yeah. that's when I stop drinking it's the the, the crash the lull 
And then the thing about Fridays is like it's the end of the week. I'm tired. I've been up since not 4.30 like you, but, you know, like 5.20 or whatever. You know, so been up for 20 hours right now. Yeah. And I worked like a strenuous day at work. I'm trying to think. So, yeah, well, I, 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 yeah, I've been up since, well, it's at 4.50-ish mm-hmm. this morning and a long day of, well, not a long day, really. I mean, I, I watch my kids. I've been preparing for this all day and, and anxious to come and, and, and talk and be on the show and like. This this is this is this is uh, the beginning of a great weekend because tomorrow my wife and I are gonna uh, hang out all day with the kids and mm-hmm. then we're gonna send them to the sitter mm-hmm. and then we're gonna go have a date night because my hitch yeah. my next hitch which could be three weeks to a month mm-hmm. starts Monday mm-hmm. so I'll be gone I'll be on the road editing yep. um, for anyone out there who is listening and interested again the nightclub. We'll have some cool stuff coming out. We have um, our most recent episode, which was our top 20 of 2020 mm-hmm. horror films. Then we're going to have uh, a new thing for the nightclub, which is where we talk about a sword and sorcery film. Mm-hmm. And we're gonna we're gonna regularly interject those into the rotation because it's a, it's a genre we want to explore because we think it's got potential and fun. Yep, fun conversations to be had. And so we'll have Hawk the Slayer. After that, we talk to Jarek Thibodeau of Golgothan and Father Rust, and we cover Hatchet, a Louisiana-based horror movie directed mm-hmm. by Adam Green, starring Kane, motherfucking hotter. <laughs> and um, after that, well, it's a surprise. So, so I'm talking about gotta stick around to find out what that's all about. With what's inside Mama's box, I'm always I'm always waiting for new episodes. <laughs> yeah, we we try to be a bi-monthly or Bi-weekly, bi-monthly? Bi-monthly. Two episodes a month podcast. Yeah, bi-monthly. It doesn't always work out that way for a multitude of reasons. So if you subscribe, just stay subscribed and Mm -hmm. wait. It'll it'll come. It comes regularly. I get excited when it comes up. And follow the nightclub on social media. You'll know more if you do that. Instagram, Slasher app, Facebook. That's all I use. I don't fuck with Twitter or whatever. Mm -hmm. TikTok, none of that. TikTok maybe in the future depends on what I could creatively do with it. I don't know. I don't. I don't have the energy or time to dedicate it's to TikTok. Of, from what I heard, it's a lot of editing. Like I only watch on TikTok. I don't create, so I don't. I don't even. I don't have it. Oh yeah, okay. I don't know anything about. It. I know. It, I know it's Vine. It's Vine. Essentially, yeah. Which is why I watch it. Um, but uh, I don't. You kind of have to cultivate it though. Like depending on what you like and what you add is what your feed will show you a lot. Mm-hmm. So that's everything nowadays. Yeah, which it's fine, but like it, you gotta work your way through shit. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, check out the nightclub. Uh, if you're interested, message me. Fixies Playground, Facebook. Fixies Playground uh, at gmail dot com. At gmail dot com. Um, or Trevor Jordan Blanchard on Facebook. I'm there. Uh. Besides for that, I think we're going to wrap it up, people. Y'all have a good night. Thanks for listening. There will be another episode out, either before or after this one, depending on what medium you use. And I will be continuing to push out content. Have a good night. Bye. 
As he looked out past the honeysuckle field and watched the water turn, turn the water wheel, started thinking about his daughter with affection, her reaction of disdain. The day he replaced the blue hydrangea with the climbing frame while her disappointed sister looked on as quiet as the snow, knowing well that those who know don't talk, those who talk don't know. But she couldn't help but sing. Yeah.